now that we've been small talking. Yes, I guess we can get this train going. <laughs> We're recording. We're recording. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Like only for this... like 10 seconds, so. Okay. Um, yeah, we had a lot of um, like catching um, up, a little bit of catching up to do. Yeah, a little bit of catching up. But, <laughs> so, okay. Hi, you guys. Welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. Oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> I'm this Kristen. This is a podcast. Yes. It's called Dizzy for Dizzy. I'm Ashley. <laughs> We're still getting new listeners, though, so I think it's good that we make it a habit to introduce ourselves still at least every couple episodes. Um, That's good. I appreciate like that people are – that we're me, getting new listeners. Me too. And we have some people – some are brand new listeners who are starting from the beginning. And then oh, others – fun. Mm-hmm, others that are just – That would be interesting, especially doing it quickly. Uh-huh. Like getting to binge <laughs> all of our yeah. stuff from season two. And then we have some who are new, but they're just listening. Like they found us, but they're just listening to like whatever episode – is the most current covered and they're like working their way back. So I'm okay. like, okay, well, fair warning. We're actually a lot more happy and like enthusiastic in the early episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> please don't hate us. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Um, you know, and just a forewarning, you guys, like it's probably not going to be a whole lot of love today. So if you have to protect your peace and you need to turn mm-hmm. off this podcast, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, because I know there were a lot of people who really, really enjoyed 35. And while okay. there were and while there were aspects of it I enjoyed, like that mm-hmm. entire, you know, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, but the whole cake eating scene. Yes. That looked like a ton of fun to film. It was a really good blend of romance and comedy and feelings. Um, the rest of it I would pretty much throw away. So <laughs> that's just me. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I just figured, like, we'll just give them a forewarning because, you know, not everyone wants to hear. Some people are in agreement with us and they're like, yeah, you're saying all my feelings. And then other people are not. And that's 100% okay. Yeah. Um, they're but, entitled to their feelings and we're also entitled to ours. Absolutely. So, you know, if you don't want to hear us um, complain about <laughs> about a lot of things in this episode or criticize or criticize there you go that's a better yeah. word um, i don't know that we are necessarily complainers maybe somebody could argue that we are <laughs> but we have definitely been criticizing these episodes yes but there is a difference between criticism and complaint so that's true while we probably have a dose of each mm-hmm. i would hope that the way we come about these episodes that we don't necessarily love or mm-hmm. things that we disagree with, I would hope it's with more of a sense of criticism and yeah. critique rather than complaint, just being yeah. mad and complaining about it. Yeah, because here's hope. the thing. I I like to think we don't complain just for the sake of complaining. No. Like I would much yeah. rather be very excited and enthusiastic and like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is a masterpiece and, you yeah. know – um. But they just they just haven't been that way, and it's it's the writing and the plot, and who's ultimately to blame for that? I really don't think we'll ever fully know because we are sure not DZ Land insiders. So I'm gonna do my best to stop like saying, "Oh, the writers this," or I'm just gonna try to be right. like the writing or the plot, like because yeah. there's more than just those four writers who yeah are responsible for you know what I mean, like what ends yeah. up playing out on screen. So yep. Um, and I had a really interesting conversation with someone. Um, I don't know. 
she might want to stay private, so I won't I won't say her name. But um, we were chatting the other day or the other night. What was day for her? <laughs> night mm-hmm. for me. And um, she was saying there's an interview that's like super duper long of Karem's. It hasn't been it hasn't um, been translated. So I th- we've seen like portions that people have translated, little tiny snippets. Okay. But it's like a two hour long interview that a lot of people have said is really interesting. And she was saying because she speaks Turkish. Um, that he kind of gets into uh, like what set is like um, hmm. and how a lot of times the writers aren't even able to come to set to watch their story being like they don't even know what it ends up looking like on screen. And because they're on such okay. a tight tight schedule, th- there's really not a lot of time for rewrites if there is an issue hmm. um, or if there has to be a rewrite. It's why they need to be in the writing room, so to speak, and not, like, on set because, like, you need to be able to make those corrections quickly. Um, And just, like, just really, like, how crazy it is. I'm like, man, I really would love to watch that interview and, like, hear some insight of that, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because just the the pure amount Mm -hmm. of writing that they're having to do is Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Yep. Every so how week. could they possibly find the time yeah. to be like, oh, let's take this day off and we're just going to hang out on set with everybody. And see how it plays out and see yeah. what we can tweak. And yeah. So mm-hmm. um, anyways, I just, it was very interesting. And that was one snippet I took away. So I was like, oh, I want to share that. Yeah. But anyhow. Um, yeah. I don't think I have – that's really all I wrote for housekeeping was telling people to protect their peas. If they need to turn us off, please turn mm-hmm. us off. <laughs> um, yeah. And it well, I guess this can lead into our next thing because I just I tweeted I was waiting for your meeting to end, and uh-huh. so I was like in my room and I was watching. Um, I was catching up on This Is Us on Hulu, like the only American TV show I watch anymore. Mm-hmm. And it finished, and so and I was sitting in front of my mirror. And I was like, oh, I kind of have, I guess, my podcast recording uniform on because it's – I have my Talk Deasy to Me sweatshirt and mm-hmm. sweats and I was drinking out of my lemon mug. So I just posted a quick picture of that and um, and I was like, I'm sure this is super meta or whatever, but what can I say? I love wearing my own merch. I think of it as a pandemic version of a uniform since today is recording day. Mm-hmm. And one particular person replied, uh, SKR on Twitter and – that's not her that's not her handle. I think her handle is L C R Z B R G. And she wrote, I love it. I drink from my drain the pool Sercon mug every day. If you ever make a Marashli one, I will snap it right up. <laughs> so with that, uh-huh. <laughs> we have an announcement. We have an announcement. <laughs> uh, we worked again with our designer, Matt, who is awesome. Oh my gosh, and he is amazing. <laughs> again, you guys, I don't know how many times I can say this about him, but <laughs> I will give him the vaguest of vague outlines and Uh ideas and instructions on what we're looking for when it Mm -hmm. comes to a design Mm -hmm. and what he returns back is just out of this world and it's beyond what we could have thought of ourselves and you would think he watches dz's as as like enthusiastically as we do with how well it matches with like what we're going for the vibe is always exactly to what we want it to be it's Mm -hmm. crazy it's crazy so 
once again, he knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park, and we have some Marashla merch. Inspired from- merch. <laughs> From our favorite, our favorite. Um, yeah, we need what to did I dub call him? Stern, stern mustache daddy, <laughs> and starchy danger bay. Starchy danger bay. That's what Ashley calls Marashla, and I like. I am it. They both fit him so well that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm using those phrases. So yeah. I was kind of like Ashley. What if we just had like? I, this was initially the idea. I said. Mm-hmm. What if we just had like a random mustache like clip art, you know, whether we had to license something that we were allowed to sell or whatever. And then we just write the word like Bayon underneath it because yeah. that is very Marashla, like the mustache, Bayon. And then, of course, I started to tweak with stuff and I gave up very quickly. Ashley started to tweak with stuff. She oh didn't gosh. give up quite as quickly. But then eventually she was like, it just That's looked it. terrible. I was, yeah. I was like, this doesn't work. This, <laughs> like, this is bad. Um, she's like, I'm texting Matt. And she did. And he is just, I know he's not going to hear any of this because why would he listen to our podcast? But yeah, I just can't sing his praises enough. He brought us back four designs. Mm hmm. All of which are in the store right now. I was working on getting them uploaded into the store until like – Ashley was finishing the episode. I had finished earlier that night. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, while you're watching, I'll work on getting some of the merch logos um, uploaded because you guys, it takes so long. You have to do every single one individually Yeah, and all this. It's really a pain. But we love you guys and we want this stuff for ourselves too and we have to buy our own merch. <laughs> yeah. So if we want to buy it, we have to get it uploaded to the store. We don't get like free perks because we do it no, through Zazzle. We so we have to pay Zazzle <laughs> just like you guys do. Um, But so there are four different designs. There's one with a mustache that says buy on underneath yes. it. It's our, in the mustache. Or it's in the mustache, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. So it's written in the mustache, mm-hmm. in the Marashla font. Yeah. And yeah. then there are two different ones that kind of have like, you know, the just like eyebrows and a mustache, but it's it's very clear that it's J-Lol. And yeah, he said, he said, I don't think I showed you this part. Matt was like, well, his eyebrows are actually a lot more expressive than his mouth. Mm-hmm. So that was why he added the eyebrows, the eyebrows to a good chunk of the designs. Well, and it it really – it did help a lot, a yeah. lot. So yeah. um, there's two different versions of like the mustache and eyebrows. And one says um, – Stern mustache daddy. <laughs> and Ashley actually had to text those words to Matt. He loved it. He was cracking up. He said, I love how every time I have no idea what it means, but it's still funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So stern mustache daddy. And then there's another one that is more like him looking at an angle with the mustache. And yes, I um, think that one's my favorite. <laughs> I love the way that one came out. And yeah. um, so that one says um, Starchy Danger Bay because he's a starchy hero who runs into yep. danger. And um, what's the fourth one? Why am I? There's another blank? one. Um, oh, it just says Marashla on it, uh-huh. and it's also just like more eyebrows and a mustache clip art. But they're all yes. different. They're all like all different angles. Um, mm-hmm. And they just yeah. you guys, they came out so good. And he sent us, he sent us a few different colors. I'm not sure that we're gonna put every color in the store, but for yeah. now, every logo 
is up in the store right now with at least like five different options, like a hoodie, a shirt, a button, a, a mug. mug. And those are all customizable. So if you don't want the mug that's pictured, you can go a different color mug, a different size mug. Like yeah. so each thing is customizable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll work on getting more part- like particular items in the store. But I just wanted stuff up so that we could tell you about it when we recorded today and you could go yeah. visit the store if you wanted. Um, yes. So there – I have two logos that I just have done in black. Another logo is in hunter green. I love the way that one came out on the shirt I put that it against. That one looks so good. I love it. So there's a hunter green logo of one and then there is a navy blue I put, I put of the final logo. And then we'll probably add other colors of the logos. So like whatever right. comes in black right now, we can also add in like the hunter green or navy blue. But I just wanted some stuff up in the store that you guys could um, browse at. Yeah. And then so in the coming weeks, we'll work on adding um, like of black of like black color of whatever the navy blue logo is right now and things like that. So you have color Mm -hmm. options. But there's a handful of things up in the store to look at right now. So go check that out. Of course, I will link it in the episode notes. I'll probably link Mm -hmm. it in this. I'll at least link it on um, the Twitter thread for this episode. Um, mm-hmm. So it's easy for people to look at. But I just was cracking up because I was like, oh, Twitter friend, you're going to be in for a surprise in just a couple of hours. I know. <laughs> so. I'm excited to order some myself. Me, I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. I want that cream shirt with the Hunter Green logo I made last night. Mm-hmm. I want a mug and some – and pay pay close attention, you guys, because Zazzle changed the way they're doing a couple things. So there are – some of the shirts and hoodies also mm-hmm. have like a logo on the back. But when you add a logo to the back, it costs more. So mm-hmm. I did make sure to also offer those options without the logo on the back in case you want to save a little bit of money and you don't care about having something on the back of your sweatshirt. Because yeah. I was messing with it last night and I was like, oh, the price went up when I did this. And then when I took it off, I was like, oh, the price went back down. So I was like, well, let's give people both options because maybe you don't want to pay extra for a logo that you don't care is or isn't on the yeah. back of a sweatshirt on a hoodie. So yep. anyway, so just pay just pay close attention to that if you're like, why are these why do these t-shirts look the same but they're different prices? Because mm-hmm. one of them has something on the back. So anyhow, um, yeah, so that's exciting. And mm-hmm. I'll make sure I tweet about it because not everyone who watches Marashley listens to um this podcast because not yeah. all of them watch Central Kapama. So Right, right. But it was just exciting news and we were just gushing over the logos yesterday. So yeah, I'm really so excited fun. that we could tell you guys about it this morning. So fun. Yeah. Do you have do you have anything? No, I'm just excited about the merch. Me too. <laughs> so excited. So, that's my main thing. All right. Cool. Um, well then I guess we can I guess we can just kind of start. Um Yeah. I I will say I had really high hopes for this episode. Mm. And I think that was part of why maybe I was more disappointed than um some people. Is I let myself I let myself have high hopes, like because I just haven't really expected much, yeah. and then, I mean, I wasn't convinced that the final scene was real because it was shown in the fragment, and so I I you know I had some calibrated expectations, but I thought okay, like we're finally getting somewhere, so like I'll let myself so, hope a little bit. I had not seen any fragments. I did not oh. watch live, and that ending was brand new to me when I watched it last night. Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because I've been – I mean, last week 
totally kicked my butt at work. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain has been all work lately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just haven't even been – because I'll, I'll get behind and then so I'll just be like, well, I just won't watch the fragment. I'll just wait for the right. episode. Um, and so, yeah, that was a total – so I didn't – I obviously knew that Denise was – being a dummy and was going to try to actually marry Edda. Mm-hmm. But I sure did not know that he – Oh, yeah. Anyway, I could – I don't want to get there already. I mean, we can bounce around <laughs> however the heck we want. I mean, we can start from the end and work our way back. Right. Um, but yeah. I, ha- I just hadn't seen that before. And I kind of just – was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was shocked, but then at the same time, I wasn't surprised. It yeah. was one of those moments. It, where you're disappointed, but not surprised. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Because, especially because, I guess we're getting into this now. I, <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> especially because of the fact that it really has seemed like they are going in the whole direction of, oh, Serkan is going to fall back in love with her. Despite our criticisms that we have already made in the last few weeks of them really not doing a great job at at showing this, yes, they are telling us this in different ways, but they're not showing. Again, showing versus telling. We've talked about this before on the podcast. I uh, I don't know if we've talked about it on – this show, I we talked about it a lot in Bayonlish. So oh. just in just in case you guys don't know what Ashley means by that, mm. um, do you want to just give a quick explanation? Yeah. Of what you mean? So you know there are different ways to to tell a story in whether you're doing it in book form or on screen somehow, whether mm-hmm. it's a TV show or a movie. And one really one great way to storytell and to give people context is to show versus tell. So, for example, if you're watching something and you're starting off at the beginning of a movie and there's this kind of voiceover narration and they're just kind of explaining the history Mm -hmm. of this pretend land Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever realm you happen to be in or the family that you're that you're going to be learning about in this movie, that is telling. They are just going forthright and saying, hey, this is what's happening. This is the story. This is your context that we're just upfront giving you right now. Like Edda in the very first episode, her voiceover saying, this is the story of me falling in love with the man who ruined my life. Correct. Correct. Versus showing. So, for example, showing is not blatant it's something where it is a little more nuanced Mm -hmm. so for example it could be something like i'm trying to think of an example with serkan falling in love with edda um at the beginning of the show well i mean like just a lot of the ways like when he would surprise like the way he would look at her when she would say or do something and you'd like see it in his eyes or his facial expression like you could see like he's like almost like doing a double take like whoa this isn't she's not what i thought mm-hmm. um or you can like literally see it happening like you actually i mean i shouldn't say literally you can figuratively see it happening in his heart right like that he's digesting something like when he gives her the guitar pick and she gets yes. so excited over it the yes. way he looks at her you can completely tell like he's affected by that 
Right. But he doesn't actually say, oh my gosh, I am affected by this. Like <laughs> Exactly. So it's those small things like a look or him telling her something he's never told an- another person before or him um, – opening up emotionally in different ways, him giving her certain gifts, those little signs that are all telltale signs of love. and somebody playing the guitar for her when nobody has ever seen him do that before. Exactly. So that was all showing. Mm -hmm. We were able to see as viewers Serkan falling in love with Eda. Now, the past few episodes ever since he's gotten his amnesia, it's been told to us that he is, quote, falling in love with her, that he can't stop thinking about her, that he is going to remember her, that he's going to fall back in love with her. Those words have been said mm-hmm. ad nauseum at this yes. point. Yes, yes. But we don't – I don't think that I have seen that myself in his expressions, in the way he treats her, in his actions, anything like that. A hundred percent agree. Just like Meg's thread last week that we talked about. She explained very well why we haven't actually seen him fall back in love with her. Right. So they've been telling us (laughs) that – he is falling back in love with her, that he will fall back in love with her. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's expectation was, oh, well, he's going to – they're going to, you know, get back together before he remembers. And I had almost felt like he kind of had to do that with how long this memory loss has been prolonged. Mm -hmm. Seven weeks of it. And then they were like, just kidding. (laughs) He's going to get punched and (laughs) – when please, he got punched and started remembering, I was I just started laughing. I just you know what? It, and maybe <laughs> maybe you won't be able to relate to this because I don't know if you've watched any, but I think a lot of people will be able to relate to this. That whole bar scene with the ridiculousness of him getting punched and remembering mm-hmm. that kind of to me scene mm-hmm. belonged in Inen Inen, like mm. it's like slapstick, ridiculous, over the top, silly. Which I enjoy. That entire show is that way. Central Kapuma, while a rom-com, is not slap. Well, it's questionable at this no. point if it's a rom-com. But, um, you know, it's not that over-the-top ridiculous. No. You know what I mean? There, It's just not – we've had – yes, we have comedic moments. Like, like them being high with the cake, that was funny. Yes. And that, so that was the kind of comedy that fit in the show. Mm-hmm. The getting punched in the head by a stranger when P.S. He was physically knocked out by Edda last week. So why didn't that – wouldn't that have been way more poetic that that's what knocked the memories back into him and yes. comedic and yes, like fitting to the show and symbolic uh-huh. and all this uh-huh. other stuff? Yeah. So – but no, it's just this random dude who's like, I bumped your shoulder, but somehow you're the one at fault. Let's get into a bar fight. Mm-hmm. And then – then at the end when Angan's like, wait, you remember everything? Let's make sure. Here, dude, punch him again. And he like oh holds Serkan in front of the guy to get fully knocked out by him. Uh-huh. Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. What? I – Yeah. That uh. – <laughs> And again, I know it can be argued he was technically in love with her before the memories came flooding back. But you know who did not know that? Edda. Because there was no love declaration before the memories were knocked back into him. Not to Edda. He no. wasn't 
He wasn't he denying wasn't, it. And he still wasn't going to fight for her either. No. that He okay. had no plans to fight for her. Okay. Let's go there too. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, I went there already in my thread when I was watching this because I also did, did not you? live watch. But I did thread as I did as I watched with subs later that yeah. night. And here's the thing. We technically we could excuse quote excuse a lot of things mm-hmm. the last seven weeks because he's mud brain Sercon, so exactly know. we Once- can separate mud brain Sercon from normal Sercon. that's mm-hmm. fine we know how to do that sure i mean there were still things he did that i was like i don't even think mud brain is an excuse but we've already covered yeah. that in those episodes mm-hmm. so we won't rehash that however the second he got his memories back i'm like and you aren't gonna go running to her right away like you actually feel and remember this epic love you shared mm-hmm. you like it didn't occur you have such a connection that mm-hmm. you really still believed that this was a real wedding that she fell in love with someone else in a matter of a few months when he knows edda so well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now i when he and Ingen are talking and he's like yeah, I know, but she's tried so hard. She's been trying. She keeps trying. And if this really is real, who am I to mess that up for her? But I'm like, um, no. Like, yeah. sorry. No, you would not. I don't believe you would do that. I believe mm-hmm. that Zarkon, the second he remembered, would have been like, uh, here, like, here's some money to these guys. Like, sorry for getting in a fight with you. See you yeah. later and bolt on out of there. Do whatever yep. he could to get out of there. And he would be like, I have to get there and at least tell her this before she marries this guy. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't have been Angen to tell him, hey, she deserves to know at the very least because she did right. try so hard. I feel like that would have just occurred to Sarakon. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel about it. Like, the Sarakon yeah. that I got to know from episodes 1 to, let's say, 28 mm-hmm. would – have been like, she is my everything. Mm-hmm. I love this woman so much. Look how hard she's tried. Mm-hmm. And I need to go get to her right away. Like, if she winds up marrying this man, like, there's nothing I can do about it. But I have to at least tell her. Like, yeah. And that and, is what and, ended up happening. Mm-hmm. But it took him a while to get there. And right. mentally. And I'm like. Really? I know. And and I think that the surprising part is not that Sarkhan would back off if she did choose to be with Denise. Because we know mm-hmm. from the Sarkhan of the past, because of his own internal conflicts mm-hmm. that he has had and all of his uh, propensity to feel unworthy mm-hmm. and kind of those fears of abandonment, that the, all those issues that he has dealt with from the beginning of the show – that isn't the part to me that's hard to believe. The part to me that's hard to believe is him not being like, I have to at least say Try. something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that because it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just that it took Angen to even get him thinking that way. And then it still right. took him a while after that while he was in his car to then finally be like, oh, you never left me. So I'm not going to so leave you. And yeah. then go. Well, and also, you know, had he never remembered anything, and if he was supposedly already in love with her, 
why wasn't he before the memory mm-hmm. before the memories came back um why wasn't he as still amnesia post amnesia sercon willing to fight for her either mhm yeah it's like e- either way why wasn't that his first inclination it just mm-hmm. doesn't track with and a man who is truly in love and is like this is the love of my life or this is a woman who i have fallen back in love with mm-hmm. and she's marrying another another guy i can't do this i can't lose her i have to at least say something uh-huh and zoom to the wedding and this next thing i'm about to talk about listen you guys all got mad about him ordering pizza. You guys all got mad about him letting Balja in his house. Mm. You want to know the epitome of hashtag not my Sercon? Apologizing to oh Celine. Apologizing <laughs> to his abuser. To the woman that- who manipulated <laughs> him and used his lack of memories against uh-huh. him to trick him into believing that Edda was like this gold digging revenge seeking like whatever mm-hmm. and he stops at the table Sarah Khan, I have never loved you I am only in love with Edda Bolat stopped at the table while this the, the woman he is in love with is marrying another man mm-hmm. he stopped at the table i cannot say this enough i know he i know stopped I at know. the table <laughs> and said to Celine twice twice i'm so sorry mm-hmm. i have to do i have this. to do this i was expecting him to be like you gonna, I, I will deal with you later like, yes like that i was that was I, he when he walked up to her. I was like, "Oh, okay, time for him to give it to her yes. and say like, even if he doesn't do something right now, yes. for him to be like, you and I will talk later, and I will deal with you later." Yep, and, and for then her walk to know up and claim that there his is woman. some sort of comeuppance yes. coming to mm-hmm. that evil, horrible mm-hmm. woman. Uh-huh. But no, no, no. She might what as well be do? flying off to Canada or London or however much non pay payback yeet got at the end like i can't even i was like this is there's no way he said i'm sorry to <laughs> celine like <laughs> it's like a joke there he just, apologized to this no evil circumstances should he have ever she no. doesn't she is not owed anything no and here's the thing if all his memories came back he would know immediately the way celine Mm -hmm. lied to him the way he would not apologize and here now so little side note we're and honestly the reason for this is horrible and it's awful we're probably not going to see any kind of comeuppance with her because bigay's dad just died Oh, no. And poor thing is obviously not on set. She's back home. I want to say in in, – I don't remember which city. I want to say Izmir, but I might be wrong. Somewhere several hours away from Istanbul with her family. So clearly she's like not on set. She's not working right now. I don't know how long she'll be off because everyone's different with – some people just want to get back to work right away. Right. And, you know, have a distraction. Other people want that time with their family. And that's uh, that's up to her. It's none of our business what she does. Of course. But clearly they're going to have to change. Obviously, 
And I don't know what that's going to mean as far as what we've seen in the only fragment we've been given this week mm. um, with Celine, the question of her being pregnant or not. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, I, But I just don't see how we can give any comeuppance to Celine if B-Gay can't be there on set. And of course, right. I mean, we're not heartless. We're not going to be like, well, we demand B-Gay be on set so we can see Celine get her no. comeuppance. Like. Her yeah. – B-Gay's real life t- takes precedent over Absolutely. the fictional life of Celine. Um, yeah. Her, her own well-being and her being able to be with family and absolutely. do what she has to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, man, like we're probably not going to see that happen in our fictional world because of what's going on in real life. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's – I don't want it's not the best reason because it's a terrible reason, but I think you know what I mean. Like it's Yeah. If that's if that's the way it plays out now, like I I can't get upset about it. It's more understandable. Yeah. And see, see, I do think though that they could do something off screen. Off exactly. Where Mm -hmm. something had happened off screen and Sarkhan explains Oh, I told her off and she's mm-hmm. gone now and that kind of a thing. Right. Where it where it does feel like there has been some justice mm-hmm. <laughs> served yeah. as far as her character. Mm-hmm. Um so hopefully they could at, they can at least try because we did already get the the sweet moment of him telling her off in mm-hmm. on screen. Right. Like we we did get that. And so if they're able to write something in where something happened off screen, mm-hmm. I would be fine with that. Even if that had been the case on EK, I would have mm-hmm. been fine with that. I don't yeah. necessarily need to see the character right. get their their bit of justice on right. screen. Um we just Is, we just want some sort of justice. <laughs> yeah, we just want to know what happened, whether it's like Exactly. Oh yeah, she won't be bothering us anymore because mm-hmm. I you know, because I basically ate her alive and banished her to, you know, whatever. Um Right. Or, you know, I'm sure there's even a way like we could um I'm sure there's even a way you could play it where he's just like yelling at her and giving her what for but on the phone or yeah that or even we see his face and there's just a blonde there's just a like he's talking to a woman with blonde hair but we only see the back of her head like it's somewhat like a Mm stand-in um you know what i mean like so there are still ways we could at least see him be like i can't believe someone who has been my friend supposedly my friend my entire life um who knows the love I shared with Edda? Who knows that it was real? Who knows that whether you didn't like it or not, you knew that she wasn't using me. You knew that she wa- didn't have nefarious intentions. Mm-hmm. And yet you led me to believe that because you used my vulnerability against me right. rather than truly be my friend yeah. and tell me, hey, this love changed you for the better. And while mm-hmm. I had always hoped that that would have happened with me as mm-hmm. your friend who cares about you. I am just happy to see that it happened. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he has yeah. every right to call her out for that. He does. Um, and, Absolutely. you know, the other thing too, I feel like was a bit foreshadowing is when Celine's all catty and like pulls her hair really hard to get it off of Serkan's button when they got all tangled. Right. And and Edda basically calls her out like, I know you did that on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. and she and the girls are then talking about it later and Serkan walks out and is like, 
and he kind of makes that joke and he's like, I just wanted to apologize for Celine. Um, even though, you know, I basically like implying, I know you're tougher than that. And I doubt this really hurt you that much because you're tough. But right. just so you know, I talked to her parents and she's going to get in trouble. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, he makes that joke <laughs> and it's really cute. Um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, where was I going with this? <laughs> Kristen, what was my point of this? I feel like I totally just lost my train of thought. Well, we were talking about just Celine getting justice and that you we saw her cattiness with the hair pulling. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really, I had a I'm trying total, to lead you back. I to appreciate that. I, I had a point with this, but maybe it'll jump it back out. Yeah, we can get back to it. Um, but once you remember. Oh, 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 got it. So Edda says to him, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need to apologize for Celine. One day you'll apologize for all the things she did to me. But that day is not today. And he says, what do you mean? And she's like, you'll know when that day comes, which mm-hmm. we know as the audience she was implying when he remembers everything. Of course. So I truly hope that was a foreshadowing and that that's followed through on. Like, oh, because my too. other major thing, and yes, I ha- it's a major complaint, but also, or critique, whatever you want to call it, mm. it, I am willing to give the chance for it to happen next episode because everything, you know, with him being like, I I love you, I remember you, that all happened at the end. Mm -hmm. So while it's understandable that there wasn't this whole emotional breakdown from him of, oh my gosh, what have I put you through? Oh my gosh, what did I let Celine put you through? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I can't, you know what I mean? Like that whole, even though, listen, we know this isn't his fault. And the reason I want this whole guilt-ridden breakdown is because we know Edda and Edda will not let him beat himself up about it and we know Serkan and Serkan will beat himself up about it yes and so the reason I want to see him beat himself up about it is because (laughs) I know Edda will stop him right away she's not gonna let him she's not gonna let him um spiral in that she's not going Mm -hmm. to you know what I mean she will say like you didn't know you were Mm -hmm. being manipulated and you know I didn't know how how much I should tell you because I didn't even know if you would believe me Mm because I understood her whole um her whole what's uh, my gosh what is the word when you apprehension okay about not wanting to just spill every single memory to him oh yeah because i mean the ones that she did were you know completely thrown back in her face and made fun of and if i never hear the words choke sachma ever again in oh my, my life gosh. it will be too soon yeah um but you know So I understand her being like, well, I'm not just going to tell you every memory in the hopes that it'll trigger something because I – some of these need to be sacred to her where they're not Mm -hmm. tarnished by him calling them stupid, you know? Yeah, she's also been very vulnerable in this whole situation. Right. As much as he has. Yeah. So I understand the fact that she just didn't want to keep pelting memories at him, hoping something stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so now that he – does remember though you know he is going to remember that he called a lot of things stupid even and she'll Mm -hmm. i know she'll tell him it's not your fault you were being manipulated i you know and i could only reach so far because you just what you knew you thought was really dumb and i didn't want to keep having that was breaking my heart every time that happened and you know so i that conversation needs to happen and i think Mm -hmm. it can be done well where he feels awful, but she also comes in and says, like, yes, this hurt, and I want us to work through this. 
But I also know that wasn't you. That wasn't my Sercon. And I know that. Um, doesn't mean well, I didn't hurt. Doesn't mean this. But I'm not holding it against you. I'm not blaming you, you know. Yeah, and it can really be used as a point of growth in their relationship mm-hmm. as they move forward from this whole situation. Yeah. This isn't going to be something where suddenly everything is great and wonderful and peachy keen. They are uh-huh. going to have to work through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's valuable to show that on screen. Yes. And to show – because that's a real relationship. You have mm-hmm. to work through some stuff often. <laughs> And you're both going to screw up. And there are times when you have to apologize and really communicate and dig in deep with things and figure it all out. And then at the end, you you can hug each other and Mm -hmm. move forward and you're closer because of it. So I I always really appreciate saying things like that on screen because it is real life and it is that continuation of a relationship. You know, I know that a lot of the complaints – with as we had moved forward and through the show Mm -hmm. where oh it doesn't have the same early days magic and you and i have again covered that many many times but these are the types of ways that i think you really can show that progression of a relationship yes and how it does change it's not the early days and mature yep i was gonna say it's not the early days magic but it is the result of yes. the early days magic. Exactly. Because, you know, we don't want to watch episode one all over again. We don't want to right. watch episode two all over again, three, four. We have those to mm-hmm. rewatch at our whim. Mm-hmm. And I have been a lot more lately. Mm-hmm. Um, episodes like four, seven, and 11 are like my getting ready. Because <laughs> I don't really even need the subs on. I've watched them all enough right. that, like, you know, I can just have it on. And actually, episode 12 – I mm-hmm. listened to the whole – because I had to drive home from Arizona on – what day was that? Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I just played it through my Bluetooth on the whole drive yeah. home and just listened to it. I couldn't even watch it because I was driving. Um, yeah. But I just listened to it because you can just hear it in their banter mm-hmm. and their communication and like – and it just it, it just had me in like such a happy mood. Um, yeah. You know? And so, yeah, those episodes are there. But we – it's not that we're looking for those to be regurgitated. We we just want to see the results of all that early day magic. Yeah. We want to see the payoff of it in mm-hmm. this more mature, in this more grown, in this more bonded version of Edzer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think having that rough conversation will be a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And I think it would be kind of cool. I think I tweeted this too. Like I would love to see him want to recreate some of those moments that he realizes that he like kind of crapped all over. Mm. Like I would love it if he would like it's his turn to handcuff anyways because they've gone back and forth on that. If he handcuffed her and was like, I'm stealing you for the day and Mm -hmm. we're just going to have like a day of – you know, it's just going to be us. And they like – they go to their cafe and they have coffee and they just mm-hmm. kind of talk. And even if it's a montage and we don't see the depth of that conversation, like I, would, I wouldn't I would mind seeing this as a montage. I don't even need to really see um, a lot of the dialogue. We could have like their song playing. You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Their song. Yeah. And we could start at their cafe and then they could go um, like maybe make lunch together. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, he- go up to, you know, the mountain or the uh, vacation summer house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They can stop at the orphanage and work on the garden there together. They can make a terrarium together that he doesn't mm-hmm. just scoff at. They can have a night of um, stargazing and yes. looking through the telescope. And there are just so many options of yes. ways they can reconnect and, like you mm-hmm. said, yeah, kind of not replace, but really um, – what am I What am I trying to say? I, like, I guess – Reattach good memories to yes, those, to those things. things that he was like, these are so stupid. Chokesachma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at her star. Look at look at the Sirius constellation. Um, yeah. You know, and then at the end of that, like that little musical montage, we can kind of capture them in like the middle of a deep conversation about everything they've gone through, you know. Yeah. And yep. how they're going to move forward from here. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so uh, that's what I would love to see. Um, yeah. I don't know how much I should hope for that or hold my breath for it. But um, yeah, that I I would like – I would like to see that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I, I refrain from being too upset that he wasn't all guilt-ridden yet because there's still time for that. Um, oh, yeah. This just happened. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> – <laughs> What? Shall we talk about the paternity elephant in the room? Like, because – I mean, there's no way, right? The, the it, They would have to change the whole history of that story because Sarkhan is the – They would. Sarkhan is the youngest brother. So yes. either – Either how, Idan is a cheater. <laughs> and was long before Alptekin was. Yeah. Or, or she – the oldest son is only Sarkhan's half – well, not even half brother. Yeah, half brother. So he let's just say the oldest son um is not Alptekeens. Wait, how did I picture this? I had this written down somewhere, but I don't know. The fact that Serkan is the youngest throws a whole wrench in things for me. Yeah. For this be, to even be possible. Yeah. Without so because, her being a cheater. Yeah. So either she had either both of them have to be um Kimal's kids, like okay, or gosh, how did I how did I see this? How did I see this? Okay, oh, okay. So I think I said, or maybe, maybe she had him, him being the older brother, mm-hmm. um, Alp. They called him right, like she yeah. just called him Alp. So I mean, kind of that would imply he's named after Alptekin because I was uh-huh. like, well, maybe, maybe she had him, like. <laughs> Maybe she already had him and was, like, a single mom when she met Alptekin, but he was just – he, like, loved that boy as his son. And but, it was just a coincidence that their names – Yeah. Well, <laughs> but maybe she was, like, pregnant with um, Serkan. Mm, uh, okay. Like – I mean, that would – that seems like the only possible way is if she had had this relationship – before Altakine, and that neither yeah, of those boys are his. History would have to be changed, yeah, because she was all young, and then she met Altakine, and then married him. Right, there was no so talk I could s- about her having children previously. So I could see it if Serkan oh, was. Oh, hang on, were you thinking Altakine had the older brother in a separate yes, relationship, yes, and then yes, they got yes, married? Yes, okay. So, so yes, <laughs> and the then oldest Idan was pregnant when yes. they met. 
There it was. I was like, I swear I tweeted this or wrote this down. So yes, that's how I pictured it was Alp Takin and his son, Alp Jr. Like, were already a duo. They Uh met Idon as once, and she was already pregnant, barely maybe early pregnant with Sercon. Right. His step, his son needs a mom. Her -hmm. son needs a dad. They kind of just became this family. Mm-hmm. maybe fell in love maybe did fall in love like actually or right. at least as much as they could because who knows maybe we can it can easily be written that Altakine, you know was also brokenhearted with whatever happened to this mother of his son right it would also explain well, why he at was first i i done never there was never anything about Altakine being a bad husband no during the whole until he suddenly was it, right there yeah. there wasn't anything with that yeah like it seemed like the early part of their marriage between the two of them. There were good memories, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, it was – it seems like the pivot happened after the death of the oldest mm-hmm. son. So, yeah. yes, this is how I see it where this is the only way they could explain it. Alptekin and his son marry Idon either while she has a very little baby or while she is mm-hmm. pregnant with Serkan. And then Alptekin is the only dad that Serkan ever knows. Right. And it would also explain his favor – more towards the oldest son because he mm. actually is biologically his. Yes. Um, and why there was just maybe, you know, an unconscious bias there because – Sure. You know what I mean? Um, well, and the oldest son was supposed to take over the company. Mm-hmm. It was all mm-hmm. of the oldest son kind of stereotypes. Right. But yep. then he yep. obviously couldn't do that and then it was all left to Sircon. Right. Yeah. So that is how I could see it where it's like – he and his brother actually aren't blood related at all. Sorry, I just thought of the whole redheaded stepchild stereotype, uh-huh. and then I was and, like, "Oh, but he's and Karem's kind of a redhead." A redhead. <laughs> Poor Sarkon. <laughs> so you know, and if the boys were young, I mean, yeah, the he was older, but like he was probably still a little boy, the oldest son. So it's like, yeah. and then if Idon was only pregnant. He would only have a memory of, oh, yeah. you know, that's my mom and she, and she had my brother. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I – I could see that. I could see them working that into it, especially <laughs> – It's it the was, only it way was, it makes sense. Otherwise, it is the she, only way it makes sense. Now, here's the thing. I mean, at this point, I guess if they throw in the fact that Idon had some tryst with him in the middle of her marriage, which I also don't know how that – well, this was this would have been before her, um, mm, her before uh, the oldest son agoraphobia. Died. Yeah, so yeah. you know, and she traveled a lot and stuff. So yeah, maybe they ran into each other in her travels for her work, right. and like, and it was a one time mistake, and it was like a one time thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, it. I feel like it would already track with how they've destroyed her character now. Now. Totally. Where it's like, well, I guess let's – why not make her the cheater first? Because she also, like, ruined Edda's life by not telling her that her fiancé was alive for two months and left him in the arms of a literal snake. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that that's already ruined her for me because I feel like there hasn't been enough of that confronted either. Like, No. You know? I mean – And hopefully that's also another situation where Sarkhan – confronts her as well mm-hmm. and is and kind of holds her feet to the flame yeah. and says hey you knew i was out of my you mind you knew uh-huh 
why weren't you the first one? Because now all of a sudden her and Ifair are out of got have their heads out of their own butts and they're mm-hmm. suddenly reinvested in Ed Sayre's relationship, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that the whole rest of the time it was like, oh, Idon doesn't really care about this, clearly. Uh-huh. Because she's just like, oh, yes, I love you, Ada. I miss you, Ada. You're like a daughter to me. But not doing anything to help the two of them get reconciled. So, What does my whatever. face look like right now? Describe she's, my face. Kristen is ultimately annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, can't roll my eyes enough and scowl enough about that. Um, well, and the whole paternity thing is so funny because I'm like, it's so obvious. Look at the way they're styling his hair. They're <laughs> having him show I right? Right? Such a little <laughs> thing. But I was like, if that's not them trying to foreshadow that he's Sarkon's dad by having his hair be the exact same. Uh-huh. And then he keeps showing up where Sarkon is. Yes. And it's not even – there's one time yes. where he is tracking where Idon is. Yes, because one I – at first. What I thought was like, well, maybe he kept tabs on her because, like, you know, that was his true one, true ultimate first love and all this stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. I could see him recognizing Serkan after rescuing Ida, yeah, and like sharing that, like, oh my gosh, that's Idon's son. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, in my original thread, I was like, if we're going the baby daddy route, I'm going to be so pissed because of all the reasons I just listed about how mm-hmm. it's just going to further destroy Idon. All this stuff. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, well, they could do this, like, with the whole, like, Alptakeen and his son. Mm-hmm. There's actually the stepbrother and stepson of Idon. She was right. already pregnant with Sarah Con- You know, what we just discussed. Yes. I was like, okay, they could make that work where she wasn't this horrible, awful cheater. They just yeah. kind of made a family out of mm-hmm. the broken pieces of what they each had, mm-hmm. which, you know, is kind of beautiful in and of itself, even though it wound up all going to hell um, right you know without making her a cheater without making but it would also it would still track then that she kept this all a secret for so long because she clearly likes to keep things from the people she loves yeah so part of me is like i kind of want to see this because Serkan's always let things slide with his mom even oh, very much even so. even aisha Serkan. Mm-hmm. it it Everything was always held against his dad. Yeah, he catered to Idon a lot. Absolutely. So I actually wouldn't mind him being like having to really um, examine his relationship with his mom mm-hmm. and realize that she's not perfect and realize that she's not excused for everything just because she had and has struggles. Yeah. Um. So the more I'm kind of like more and more on board with it. If that's mm-hmm. how it plays out, not just that she was a cheater who, you know, all that stuff. Yes. Um, if they play it out in the way that we just explained, I yeah. would like to see that because then he will <laughs> he will have been a um, – I don't want to say victim, but like victim of his mom lying to him his entire life. Right. And um, and then also Edda having to – deal with the fact that she kept Serkan from her for two months like Mm -hmm. which not quite the same scale but still both traumatic things yeah um that she needs to answer for so yeah that is the only way I will accept this paternity thing if that's where they're going 
with it. Because at it's, first I was like, he's only tracking Sarkon to keep tabs on Idon. I refuse. But then I'm like, no, because he just keeps tracking Sarkon. And yeah. it almost felt like by the end, like, he's like, okay, son, don't make the same mistake I did and lose the love mm-hmm. of your life. I have to make sure you get to her. Like, yeah. Because he's following to make sure he makes it to the church or not yeah. church venue, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That seems pretty clear to me where they're heading. Uh huh. Because it's another one of those very obvious foreshadowings that yeah. we've had. Yeah. So if they don't go that route, mm-hmm. it won't. I I won't mind it if it's yeah. just him being reintroduced for Idon and them reconnecting after so yeah. many years. Well, um, but and I wonder too. And the only other way it would also work is if he didn't know Serkan was his son until recently. Because then it's like, well, then you just abandoned your own son and never bothered to check up on him over the years. Like, Yeah. I, because – Yeah, that's true. So, like, I would want it to be – maybe he read in the news about Optikeen, like, going to jail or something. And it kind of got him, like, checking up on, like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen Idon in years. Like, mm-hmm. I, wonder I wonder how, how she how is with doing. this going – with all of this happening. And then he and finds then, out how old Serkan is. And then he's like, wait a second. You're reading my mind. Exactly. At that he does, time, he she does and the I math. were together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does the math. And then when he sees him – after bringing Edda to rescue him. And he's like, wow, our hair is identical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I I support, and it's none of my business what Karem is doing with his hair. <laughs> If he's growing it out for whatever reason he wants to grow it out. I don't know. If he's getting keratin treatments because it's like stick straight. Boyfriend has curly hair naturally. So I – whatever he's doing. Yeah. Is his business. Yeah. But uh, – I've also seen it styled on I-N-N-I-N for the awards show that he just – and also for the awards show he recently was just at. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and it was not styled the way it keeps getting styled in <laughs> Senchal Kapama. So I'm like, I know there are ways you guys can style this that doesn't make it look like that. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't want to be mean, but. No, my, my only issue with his hair was after the fight scene. Cause I was like. Oh my I, I gosh. Understand. It was so ridiculous ridiculous and over the top yeah i was like i can understand that he he's gonna be messed up disheveled right now because mm-hmm. he just got in a fight but his hair was out of control out of control i was like this is so ridiculous but anyway <laughs> it was it was out of control but yeah that was literally my first note my first note on i call i'm calling him horse boy <laughs> Oh, I call him Stable Boy. I call him the Stable Boy. I don't Stable Boy. I said the Horse Boy apparently had the same hair as Sarkhan. Well, and then also Edda's hair being too perfect, and her being too perfect after a plunge into the Bosphorus. But I whatever, I know. But at least they explained Hyundai it a tiny beautiful. bit because in Episode Four, she's getting out of the pool and he's wrapping the towel around her. But her mm-hmm. hair, and she's wringing her hair out. But her hair is perfectly dry. Like she's yeah. actually wringing her hair out as though it's wet, <laughs> but it's completely dry. 
At least with this one, he said, there's a blow dryer downstairs. Why don't you oh, go I fix know. your hair? Like, so I appreciated that at yeah, least. Like, that, that little they, detail. That they did well, that. Well, even after she's supposedly just been plucked out of the water, <laughs> her her makeup is all beautiful. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, it's DZ. It's uh-huh. DZ magic. Because mm-hmm. she looks perfect, of yes, course. Yes, she does, of course. <laughs> um, I would look like a wet rat if that were me coming out of the water. Well, after- just like – just like Sonem falling into the pool. Exactly. In episode three, is it? Is it three? Yes. Yeah. And she just looks so cute. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. whatever. These so, Turkish women, they're too beautiful. I know. It's unfair. <laughs> well, and all these people who have been meeting her on set lately, like fans are like tweeting like, I know probably tons of people say this, but it really is true. Like, she is more beautiful in person than you can possibly imagine. Like the camera even like doesn't do her I'm justice. I'm sure she is. Yeah. And I'm like, of course she is. Of yeah. course she is. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, but yeah. So, okay. So he sees Serkan at the beginning after rescuing Ida, where Serkan was about to jump in the water and go after her, which mm-hmm. here is my teeny tiny mini prop. Maybe not even. Let's not call it a prop. Let's call it like a proplet. I fully expected Celine to like let her drown until someone was like, "Hey, where's Edda?" Yeah. So me at too. least, at least she didn't cross that line and ran back in and was like, "Um, Edda's missing. I think she might have fallen in. Like she was right there and now she's not." At um, least she didn't cross the line into manslaughter. That's <laughs> that's the prop that we have to give this horrible human. <laughs> at least she didn't let her die. <laughs> Good job, Celine. <laughs> you you aren't fully morally bankrupt, I guess, after all. <laughs> just mostly. So because Zerkon has just found out that the wedding is real, you know, mm-hmm. with his little investigative whatever. And um, so then he's freaking out. He is about to jump in the water, but someone's like, hey, listen, another boat somehow communicated with us. Edda was found. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't jump in. Now right. here, now here's where the little proplet goes right away because in another scene after that, Celine mm-hmm. is like to Denise in his cafe. She's like, I keep losing to Edda. And I'm like, because he was going to jump in and rescue <laughs> a drowning woman from the ocean. You see yeah. that as loot. See, Kristen, you can't think of Celine as a logical creature, though. <laughs> you you can't. You I know. cannot I know. try to think logically when it comes to her behavior, her emotions, her thoughts, her actions, because she is not logical at all. No. She is basically cheating herself by mm-hmm. be spending all this time with Denise. I was like, oh, that's cool that on the eve of on the day of his wedding he's getting ready with celine <laughs> i'm like okay cool <laughs> i know but and their um, weird little smiles they exchange too as he's like fixing his tux and she's just standing there like essentially yeah. checking him out like well they're they're two villains who should run off into the sunset together that's what their relationship should be or it should just be- run off into the sun and burn Yes, obviously that's the ideal situation. <laughs> I just want them to go away. <laughs> I know, I know. But they're they have their little weird thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not like she's 
spending this time dedicated to Sarkon anyway. Mm-hmm. She's well, running – she's flitting off to see Denise. Yeah. Well, and I think we talked about this a little bit last episode is like at this point – well, and I guess, again, this goes to not using logic though because mm-hmm. it's like why do you even still want to be with him? And I will say, did you watch this with the with the good subs? I watched the last half of it. Okay. So you didn't see this part then with, with his subs, but – and I don't know how the how – the, normal subs held up for this but when she is saying like i keep losing to and blah 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 Mm -hmm. um she also is actually ready to give up she's like it's over i'm going to keep losing to her so it she was like actually ready to throw in the towel and then it's denise who's like no no my dear sweet celine like you don't understand. You just need to keep hanging on because mm-hmm. I'm getting real married to Edda and that's going to solve all of this because yes. you just need to get Sarkon down the aisle and then we'll <laughs> each be married to them and that will make them each actually be in love with us. Because like, you know that tricking someone into marriage is the really good idea and that's a great way to get somebody to fall in love with you and spend the rest of their life with you very happily when they're clearly in love with mm-hmm. somebody else who they've been in love with for a really long time mm-hmm. and are so dedicated to them mm-hmm. that even though their partner cannot remember them, they're still in love and mm-hmm. pining for them. Now, I have two things that further solidified and intensified my my deep-seated hatred for this man. Mm. One is at the end of the episode when Edda's getting ready mm-hmm. and she is falling apart. Yeah, she's, she's breaking sitting down. on the chair. She is breaking down. The mm-hmm. girls are trying to help her. She is just so exhausted. She's so emotional. She's so hurt. She just – She's so brokenhearted. She's so Mm -hmm. defeated and every other adjective you can think of Mm -hmm. like that. And he still does what he does. Yeah. Watching this person he claims to love. Yeah. He doesn't care about her at all. Fall apart in front of him because she loves Serkan so much and she just wants Serkan back. And he still does not have a crisis of conscience this mm-hmm. actually makes him worse than Celine in my mind because I agree he still is like oh well I'm gonna still marry her for myself and make this happen like mm-hmm. even though I see her just disintegrating in front of me right now mm-hmm. I have no heart especially when he's like I wish I could help and I'm like mm-hmm. you jackass you can help and you're not no. so this then launched me into another thought. I am fully convinced that Denise found Sarkon right away when they were looking for him back when he was missing. I think he kept it from Edda because now knowing what we know now about him mm-hmm. and looking back on that scene when he and Sarkon first meet mm-hmm. and he's like, well, it's a good thing I didn't find you right away because this is what she would have – this is what it was going to lead to. hmm And the fact that he was like, oh, yeah, I was just about to start looking in Slovenia. So it's interesting that's where you were. Like, and his whole Edda, how much longer are we going to keep looking for him? And Yeah, he was definitely the one pushing her to give up hope. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody was, but – right. 
but he, he was clearly them. has a different angle. Yeah. So I am fully convinced that this man knew where Serkan was. Maybe not right away, but eh, but sooner than sooner than he was found, or sooner than he actually came back and revealed himself. I think hmm. Denise already knew hmm. personally. So interesting. I just hate him so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He needs to have a very terrible slow ending. Yeah, here's the, the thing. Show. I can excuse Celine now not having because of course like we already covered because of Bigay's personal life which takes precedence far more over a fictional one. Mm-hmm. Um because then I can just channel all my rage and hatred towards Denise and if he mm-hmm. gets a good enough come up in, I'll be totally fine with Celine just being off screen with hers like yeah um and you know did you watch the fragment at all we've only gotten one this week no so uh serkan does punch him at some point which i am like yes please Mm -hmm. probably as soon as he finds out it's a real marriage and they chase him out and they're like what the heck and from what i understand for edda to punch him too oh yes well and then he steals serkan's car and like escapes. Oh my gosh. And I th- <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's what's implied anyways. Maybe he doesn't actually steal it, but it looks like he I thought Sir his car. car got stuck in that traffic and then he had to run the rest of the way. Well, continuity is <laughs> not really our thing lately, Ashley. So I know. I'm sorry. I'm expecting too much <laughs> from this storyline. But I'm almost po- – maybe I'm re- misremembering the fragment. I didn't really watch it very many times because it – there's only one good part, and it's where Edda and Sarah Connor are, like, holding hands and walking together. Okay. Um, I'm almost positive he steals his car, though, because even – either way, he gets away in a car, okay? Okay. And I think it's because what – from what I've pieced together on Twitter, they have, like, eight hours to annul the wedding before it has to become, like, a divorce case. Oh, okay. So if he's, like, nowhere to be found for those eight hours, then it can't be annulled. And then he Mm. and Celine are working together. And basically she's like, well, I want this to turn into a divorce case so that it's harder to, you know, for you two to separate. Because then from – if they're going to go by Turkish law, Mm -hmm. I believe if it's a divorce case – not just an annulment, then the woman can't get married for a year again. Okay. So it basically would keep her and Sarah from being able to just go get married if it's not an annulment. Hmm. From what I understand. Okay. Um, but then someone else was like, yeah, but in Turkish law, if she can prove she's not pregnant, then they waive that. But I don't really know how much they're actually going to follow that. Right, um, right. Or if they're just going to make up their own Turkish law where it's like – Oh, well, it's not an old. Now you only, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Right. But um, because, you know, law and logic don't always apply in disease. So of course. we can't be like, well, this is what Turkish law says. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Well, and of course, we could think of a million things for them to do, like go to another country and get married right. mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. just figure some other way out of the yeah. situation. Absolutely. Get the lawyers involved and prove that she didn't know this was – everybody yes. there was a witness mm-hmm. to the fact that she didn't know it was a real wedding. Right. So And so it would be cool for Jaren to pull out her lawyering skills again and – Yes. It would also feel poetic that she could stick this to Denise while being there for her friend now that they are reunited because (laughs) 
that was another good thing that we got yes. from this episode was our girl gang reunited and her admitting yes. that she does need help and she is going to go to that doctor that Farid recommended because she wants mm-hmm. to get back to being herself again, um, yeah. which was refreshing. Um, it was refreshing and it was – Relieving. It, it was just a bummer that it even had to be done. Yeah. Like the fact that they – had to do this full backtracking on mm-hmm. her where her character was going. Mm-hmm. I was happy about it, but I was just thinking, man, it sucks that they even have to do this now because yeah. she could have been there the whole time for Ida mm-hmm. and not being jealous and not stuck in her own situation yeah. that came out of nowhere in and of itself. Yeah. So yeah. it, it just made me sad that, that we even had to deal with that mm-hmm. when the female friendships had been so strong and such yeah. a beautiful part of the show at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but it is good. And I was very thankful that they did what they did. And Jaren is back. Like, yes. good Jaren is back. And Jaren is I back. liked that she was giving him attitude the whole time. Yes. Can we talk about their uh, in the coffee break room when she gives him that dressing down where she's mm-hmm. like, I loved her final parting line where she's basically like, uh, you don't get to cleanse yourself by throwing dirt at me. Yep. Like, you know, because she's like, yeah, I made some bad choices and mm-hmm. I let I let basically what I feel for you direct a lot of those poor choices but not anymore like i see you for what you are and you're the one being dishonest here you're the one not telling edda how you feel you're the one this and there were several times where i wrote down like come on jaren when like things would happen where i'd be like just Mm -hmm. tell edda he's in love with her but i also understood why she didn't because for edda this was her final hope for Mm -hmm. getting sarkon back and and it would have ruined the entire game for her. And right. I think that for Edda, I think that would have been too low of a – like it would have been too much for her. It would have been the straw handle. that broke the camel's back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, so I do I do excuse her for not being like, Edda, maybe you shouldn't do this wedding because Denise is actually in love with you. Mm-hmm. And I can excuse it because she doesn't – she didn't know that he was making it real. If she knew he was making it real and she didn't tell her, that'd be mm-hmm. entirely different. But yeah. she she didn't, so. And it was clearly done. She clearly didn't tell Edda because she had good intentions. Right. It, it wasn't a yeah. situation where she was trying to hurt Edda by not saying anything. Yeah, it was said several times how this is her final attempt. This is her final mm-hmm. bullet. This is her – it if it if this doesn't work she needs to get away and walk away forever because nothing will get him back like so it was made very clear that this was like her final chess piece her final yeah. play her all of that so yeah i was able to excuse by the end like her not telling edda like he yeah. is in love with you and he wants you to fall back he wants you to fall in love with him too mm-hmm. um but yeah clearly something's going to come out it you know because i don't see how he's going to be able to explain away that it was a real registrar. No. Um, and yeah. again, a lot of people were like, there's no way because they would both need to get blood tests. They both need to sign this stuff. So Edda would have known if it was real too. And this is where I was like, all right, this is where we need to suspend our beliefs. Yeah. In actual yeah. law. Um, yeah. Because. I mean, it would be the yeah. same in an American wedding. There's all yeah. the pre, the pre the wedding stuff that yes. you have to get prepared for. And you for. both need to be present for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you both need to be present to obtain the license. You sign it actually when you – well, at least in California, you sign it when you buy the license, not when you get married. So yeah. 
you know, yeah, yeah it was a lot. You would know it was not a fake wedding. Um, yeah. I also want to bring up how, once again, we are seeing that Farid is one of the best characters <gasps> on this show. Let's talk about Farid. He was the blackmailer, mm-hmm. and he is the one who sent the pictures to Serkan. He is the genius, wonderful mm-hmm. angel behind <laughs> threatening Celine because he, of all people, knows mm-hmm. what a scumbag she is. Yep. And I really just loved that, and I really appreciated the fact that when she confronts him, he's like, yeah, I did it. So I what? love how chill. He's so calm throughout he all is. of this. He does not raise his voice to her. He is not flipping out on her. Even when no. she's like, I, this was so laughable where she's like, basically like, you know, very, you know, if you still have feelings for me and that's like basically accusing him of having feelings for her and that's why he did this, like jealousy. And he's like, no, no, I left you, remember? Like, I don't have feelings for you. What I do have feelings about is you ruining other people's lives at your own whim. And that, I was like, thank you for finally somebody somewhere uh-huh. calling her out on yep. all of this crap. Yep. Because he has really been, he has taken the high road mm-hmm. with her specifically over and over and over again. Yep. He has warned her. He has yep. told her what's going to happen when Sarah Connor remembers, Celine, you need to be thinking about what you're doing. Celine, you need to be thinking about what you're doing yep. and protecting yourself and protecting the people that you supposedly care about. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that he just finally had, had he had enough, had it enough and he hit the last straw and he was like, okay, if she's not going to do this for herself, then I'm going to do it for her because mm-hmm. I'm really tired of the way that she treats people and the way that she uses people. Yep. And I just really appreciated that. And well, the yeah. fact that he has the respect enough for her mm-hmm. and for all the other people who are involved in this whole situation. Yep. He just really showed his mettle to me in that mm-hmm. whole interaction with her in every interaction he's had yes. with her. I he just, has he's done nothing. The best. He has, <laughs> nope. He has never been bitter. He has never come across as just wanting to get revenge on her. He literally has just been like, well, and even the first few times he's like, despite basically all the horrible things you did to me, I actually care about you. So yeah. I don't want to see you hurt either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and even to this point where he's like, Celine, you're trying to build your build a life for yourself by manipulating Serkan and his memory loss. Like that yeah. – can, can you not see that? And she's like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm a fair person. And he's like, I really think you should reflect on that because no, yeah. you're not. Like you don't know what any of those words mean. Um, And even when she's like – Oh, and did you think I was so dumb I wouldn't figure it out? And he's like, no, I actually knew you would figure it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't doing this to for you to not figure it out. I was hoping yeah. basically this would cause you to second guess your actions and what you're doing. Yeah, that um, it would knock some sense into you by mm-hmm. bringing this up and showing you exactly yep. what you're doing to people. Even I really loved when she like gives her little snarky parting line because he's like, Celine, and she's like, Wait, wait, let me guess what you're going to say. Oh, I know. Happiness isn't that far, so stop reaching so hard for it. And he's like, yeah, something like that. Like, <laughs> And even as she drives away, he just yeah. waves and smiles as he's she drives like, away. Yep, something I like that. I <laughs> loved that. So I don't know why, but I loved that so much. It was just this yeah. whole cool, casual, like, mm-hmm. 
I I just love. He's it. just once again showing that he is a moral, morally superior person and yes. character in this entire show. So let me, yes, let me take the time to say now, thirty five episodes in, fairy. I'm so sorry I ever doubted you. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I ever even gave like a thought to how you could possibly be a villain in the beginning. Uh he Hey, you know, you know, I'm not going to apologize for that because if we know anything in Dizzyland, we know that you kind of can't trust anybody. Wow, that's true. <laughs> that's so, true. Us being skeptical, I don't think is a bad thing necessarily. Yeah. Because he just happened to – he proved us wrong. And yeah, that's, that's true. good. And that's that a is wonderful good. thing. All right. Okay. I guess I'm not sorry. I guess I'm just <laughs> – I will I mean, say, you can be sorry. I'm glad – I'm not sorry. I'm glad I'm to glad have, he's exceeded our expectations. <laughs> I'm glad to have been proven wrong. I'm glad to see he and Melo have consistently been the untarnished characters. Yeah of this series um and yeah because melo is just constantly there for Ida. same Mm -hmm. with this episode she's like trying to help her not give up hope Mm -hmm. um you know like no i i have to believe that he will remember you he does love you like you know even if he doesn't remember you she's convinced that he loves her and even Ida at one point is like i can see he has feelings for me Mm mm-hmm but he's fighting them. And, you know, during that whole high scene, because, again, as we said, you know, the two A's are finally like, oh, let's get our heads out of our butts and help our kids. Yeah. So with the help of Safey, they go to this, you know, herb shop and yeah. buy a bunch of herbs that I'm like, you can't hide that in chocolate. You would absolutely taste that in the brownies. But okay. Because it's like – Well, and a lot like, of them are just – like they said jasmine. I'm, I'm thinking jasmine is a really strong smell, mm-hmm. let alone having it in something you're eating. You're going to taste that. And especially with how much they put in. Yeah. They piled it in. Because I want to say he started listing something too like fennel or something else. Very I think strong, he did say like, fennel. Um, mm-hmm. You will taste a tiny bit of that in something – Especially, oh, yeah. it's gonna especially, have that licoricey taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyways, again, DZ logic, so it's yes. fine. So suspending our disbelief. Yeah, suspending it, and so you know they mix this stuff into these chocolate cupcakes, and I fair feigns have like kind of getting a dose of her agoraphobia back. I guess like the mm-hmm. world is terrible. I don't want to come out. So she gets Sarahcon to come over. Um, which that was believable because Serkan with his mom, we know how he is. So, yeah. Um, what was not believable is now for the second time how aloof he is about the fact that Ed does who got his mom out of the house to begin with. Because I'm sorry, mm-hmm. when that man found out about it for the very first time, he was literally in tears. Yeah. And then the fact that when he found out about it a second time, he was like, oh, he was just cool. irritated with her. Yeah, like I didn't oh, believe I'm sorry. it. Not not him finding out. Yeah, he was kind of irritated, but he was very casual about it. But yeah. then when they tricked him and said she was back and Safey's like she's back in her room, he was just irritated with her. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even acting all that concerned. Mm-hmm. He just kind of was asking Safey, "Well, what happened? What did you do?" Mm-hmm. Great. Now I have to get her out of the, her room. Mm-hmm. Like he was just inconvenienced. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if this were the old Sercon, he would be flipping out and he would be like really worried that mm-hmm. she was going to revert 
back to her full condition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this ca- this Sarkon was so casual about it and just mm-hmm. irritated about the situation. Yeah. Well, and the same thing because when, of course, when they get Edda to come over, which I was mm-hmm. like, well, that was gracious of her because yeah. honestly, I would not have blamed Edda if she was like, oh, well. Yep. She kept my fiance from me for two months so she can figure out her own way out of this room. Like, I wouldn't have blamed her. Yeah, it would have been callous, but I wouldn't have blamed her. But, Mm -hmm. of course, she does not do that because she's Edda. So Mm -hmm. she comes over, and the second she starts talking through the door, Idon comes bursting out after Serkan's been trying for two hours to get her to come out. Yeah. And she's like, well, you you know, and of course, Idon's doing that because she's like, you need to basically see how Edda's like this angel who helped our family. But Mm -hmm. again, Serkan's like, oh, yeah, what would we do without Edda? When I'm like, but she's literally the one who just got your mom to come out again, as far mm-hmm. as you know, like, for the second time. Something you were never able to do. So, mm-hmm. hush. Yeah. <laughs> um, Seuss. Uh, so, you know, they – there's this whole back and forth you go, because Sarah Khan doesn't eat sweets, even though Celine brought him his favorite chocolate last episode, but okay. Yeah. Um, so he's we're back to this whole not eating sweets. And when he says he doesn't drink tea, I'm like I know when he's like, I don't me, like chai. Jasmine like, tea is his absolute favorite. <laughs> what are you talking about? This does not take rocket science to and like what Turkish person doesn't like chai. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. Um but yeah, like the whole thing in the first episode is he likes jasmine tea stocked on his plane. Mm-hmm. And in the in in those first few episodes, she would just bring him tea and set it next to him without him knowing. And then all of a sudden, he'd be like, "Oh, my tea's here!" Like, mm-hmm. so no, yeah. he yeah. does like tea. Whoever decided he didn't, that Sarkon doesn't like anything though. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you know, but eventually they get him to drink the tea. I don't guilt him into eating the thing because she's like, "You don't, you just don't care about anything I do." And I worked hard on these just to make this wonderful tree. And Edda taunts him about. You know, well, of course you're not going to eat this because you don't like anything good. You don't like mm-hmm. anything happy. You don't like this. So they eventually, he eventually like starts to eat this stuff to shut them all up. So yeah. uh, they all wind up high because Idon and Ifair can't remember which ones are the good chocolate cake and which one is the dosed chocolate cake. Yeah, so everyone they- just winds up <laughs> high as a kite. And this had to have been. So I want the bloopers to this scene I know. so badly. Like I want to make a million gifts just of Safi during, especially the initial part where they're trying to convince Serkan to eat uh-huh. and drink the stuff. I was dying. His facial expressions were, if you guys didn't notice, you have to go back and watch. He's on the verge of losing it every second. Every and second. He, his face, his eyes. Oh my gosh. It was just amazing. It was Listen, this was clearly the best scene in the episode. I – and yes, I said what I said. I loved it more than the final scene. <laughs> um, oh, this was my favorite scene it in was the episode. Oh, because yeah. Because you keep – you know that for the most part they probably had to improv this because you can't really script something like this. You know, you can give no. a general idea of like what needs to be done. But I'm sorry. When – and I'm going to say Karem, not Serkan. When Karem picks up picks up that horse head oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he nays. I I think that he took his, his Einen Einen 
uh-huh. um, character. A character. And that was kind of what he decided to go with for, for the whole high I, episode. Oh, my gosh. I could not stop laughing when he did that. And you know what it made me think of? You know that scene in Ever After when the stepsister, <laughs> they're at that costume yes. party? Yes. Yes. The, and the, the nice, other- the nice stepsister is uh-huh. like making eyes with that like servant servant guy, but yeah. he's also dressed up. And he, she's like, the, I just the had captain to- of the guard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's and like, they're both horses. Uh huh. And they're getting food, and he nays at her across uh-huh. the food table to make her feel better <laughs> about it. And she nays back to him too. It's All really like cute. quiet and like cute. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought of when he did that. I but I was like, so after he did that, I was like, okay, that was just Hyundai cracking up at him because how could you not? Like how? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure it was one of those situations where you know how, especially if you're with certain friends, you'll just get you'll get into a fit of giggles yes. Yes. and then it's like you can't stop. Uh-huh. So that was the vibe I was getting throughout the entire scene, especially with Idon, Ifair, and mm-hmm. Safi. It was like they had been doing this scene for however long and they just couldn't stop laughing. Uh-huh. And then if you look at the other person, then you start laughing all over again. Yep. And you're desperately trying to get yourself back under control, but you just can't. Yep. I oh. – Yeah. And it was yeah. good because it was like it was laughter we've all needed. And and again, this is another example of how I'm like, okay, I know you are capable of making these good emotional moments because we've had a few of very few of them, but when mm-hmm. we have them, they're good. They just never mm-hmm. go anywhere. Um yeah. this one, you know, we're goofy, we're laughing, but then, you know, it does kind of get serious because Ed does like, you know, it's really it's really sad you can't remember you're going to be sorry when you do, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, why don't you tell me some stuff and maybe I will? And she's like, no, I've tried that. I'm not going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, when they're kind of sitting close on the couch and they're giggling still, but she basically is like, you know, I know that you are – I see you trying to remember like, I do see that. I see you fighting mm-hmm. these feelings. I see you trying to remember the things that we shared. I see the way you look at me. Mm-hmm. I watch while you try to hide it. You try to look strong. You look away from me when you feel too much. Um, and she's like, kind of like you're doing right now. She's like, but I hear your heart beating. You know, it. there's this – I loved that moment because it was just this good blend of emotion and comedy. Um you know, where he's kind of like – you. he he looks serious for a minute, but then, you know, when she's like, I can hear your heart and she kind of leans towards him and then he's like, you can hear my heart in my nose? Like, because she's kind of leaning towards his nose and, mm-hmm. you know, so it winds up kind of on a funnier, lighter note, but we do get to hear her say that to him. Like – Yeah. You know, um, which I'll, – I'll be honest. I was not that emotionally affected by that conversation. Okay. And I don't know if it was because I, it felt like telling versus showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it absolutely was telling versus showing. Well, and I – my what I put was because Edda says to him, you're unhappy and crying on the, on the inside. Mm-hmm. And – which I'm sure 
to me, I'm like, okay, I could see that with this Sercon. Mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. see him actually not being very happy, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says the whole, I see you melting inside when you look at me. And I was kind of thinking, okay, so if Eda says it, then it's true. Because personally, that's a good point. I haven't felt like I've seen him melting on the inside. Mm-hmm. Except I for would- when the only time we saw it was when he helps her with her wedding dress and he barely makes it out the door before he yes. like and and the moment um it's it's not a cabin but when they're like up in the mountains in the snow and they have the moment when the lights turn off mm-hmm. that moment yes the, i i can see yep. that yep but for the most part i i think just because the majority of the time mm-hmm. his attitude towards her mm-hmm. and even the way that he's looked at her has been more like he chokes absolutely uh-huh like she's ridiculous and he doesn't see what he ever saw in her. That's yeah. more the vibe that I get emanating from him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I almost felt like I couldn't fully enjoy that moment between the two of them. There were a lot I, of people who said that on Twitter who were like, okay. I can't even enjoy these Ed Sarah moments because of everything else surrounding it. It's like ruined. And honestly, the fragment mm-hmm. broke all of us. Like, yeah. yeah. I was shocked because when mm-hmm. I I tweeted well, well okay we'll talk about the fragment at the end let's not go there yet yeah um but I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one mm-hmm. and be and it's not that I'm never affected by emotional scenes between the two of them because right. that's certainly not the case absolutely and it's not. not like it had anything to do with their acting because that certainly wasn't the case either it never is as, with them yeah and we as the viewer got to see that he had those heart palpitations mm-hmm. and. He had those moments of flashbacks, but if I were Eda, I don't think I would have said that to him. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have said, I see you melting in your eyes when you look at me. Because mm-hmm. I would have been like, <laughs> I would have felt like he's thinking of me as just any other girl mm-hmm. and choke Sachma that I could ever ever fallen in love with you and you're not a part of my past and you won't be part of my future. Ugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so that had kind of... I almost – yeah, I just felt like I couldn't – Yeah, you couldn't fully really be in it because of yeah. – buy in. Yeah, I couldn't that makes buy sense. into that moment because of so much that had led up to it. Right. Because of – because – well, yeah, because everything they showed us goes against what they're telling us. Mm-hmm. And then you can see him kind of get to this realization where he's like, you're getting – yeah, you're getting married tomorrow. You're getting married tomorrow, and you mm-hmm. see it really dawn on him. And at that moment, again, this was my first watch of the episode. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this is going to be the critical moment. Uh-huh. This is when he's going to decide that he can't let her get married, and we're going to find that out tomorrow, that when he really realized mm-hmm. she's getting married, that he can't let that happen, and he's going to go after her. It felt very uh, – not fortuitous, but again, to use the word foreshadowing, it felt like yeah. a foreshadowing to me. Oh, it – yeah. No, you're right. Well, and as we've seen, they love to foreshadow. How many times was getting hit on the head mentioned this uh, episode yeah. Yeah. before he gets hit on the head? <laughs> Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, so this is the way that they're going to do mm-hmm. it. This is mm-hmm. what's going to happen." And then, no, completely <laughs> different direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. Well, and then we see him the next morning, like, all brooding and tortured mm-hmm. over. But again, I'm like, okay. I, and this is part of where this is what makes it hard for me. Well, a lot of things make it hard for me. But my mm-hmm. thing is, like, okay, you clearly know that what you're feeling and questioning towards Edda, you've never felt for Celine. So whether or not you're going to get Edda, break up with Celine. Yeah. Like, uh, there's no reason for them to be together at this point. No. And honestly, there hasn't been for a while. It would have meant a lot more if he had broken up with her before getting his memory back. Mm-hmm. Because we needed this Sarkon to realize too, Celine is not who you think she is to you. Yeah. Celine is not. You're – you don't need her. She mm-hmm. isn't – she isn't security for you. She isn't any of that. Like, mm-hmm. and it would have meant a lot more to me had he been like, okay, whether or not, like, anything happens with me and Ida, because she could be getting married, she could be this, like, I don't feel any of this for Celine. Yeah. And I can't keep leading her on and stringing her along under the pretext that I love her in a way that she clearly cares about me from his point of view. Right. Because <laughs> we know that that's not love, the way that right. she treats him. Mm-hmm. But from his point of view, he that would be very logical of him mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. To, to really realize, I can't give her emotionally what she needs, and mm-hmm. I can't love her as much as she loves me. Mm-hmm. So I really need to break this off yeah. like he did the first time. Well, I think she broke up with him, though. No, that's true. I always but that. yeah, but he also like he always made it clear. She in that instance in the before you know obviously this all happened in the time before the show actually started airing. But right, right. It was pretty. It was pretty clearly laid out that like he never made her any kind of promise of marriage. No, he yeah they were in a relationship, but he always was like, "This is how I am. I don't mm-hmm. share my space. I don't this." She chose to stay despite that. Mm-hmm. So, not saying it was okay that he was like cold and aloof to her, but he also wasn't pretending that he wasn't those things right. with her. Yeah. Um, this time around, yeah, things were different for a while because he depended on her for a while. Yeah, and but, he was vulnerable, and she was his security blanket. Right. But uh, even – to me, it's like it's not even about, like, him being like, oh, she deserves what I can't give her. Just even out of selfishness, if he's like, hmm, I don't feel a, an iota of what I'm struggling with towards Edda for mm-hmm. Celine. So yeah. I don't want to be with her anymore. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even from yeah. a somewhat selfish perspective, like, I just would have liked to see him – I think it's more powerful when someone breaks up with someone, not because they have someone else waiting for them that they can go have, mm-hmm. but because yeah. it's like, oh, well, what I feel for this person, even if I can't have them, I don't have that with this person and I'd rather be alone yeah. than settling for whatever mm-hmm. this is. Yeah. Like, that's more powerful to me than like, oh, let me keep them around until I'm sure I can get this person. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And I yeah. don't think Sarkon would do that. Like, no. so, but, you know, and, yeah, and then go apologize to her. I will never shut up about that. Like, I, I can't, like, just can't, like, that he apologized to Celine. I just can not. I don't accept that. Um, Nor should you. <laughs> it was so, a really horrible decision for them to do that. 
it was, never should have done that. No. No, they should not have yeah. at all. They should have just let her – yeah, either he just – Or or don't say anything to her. Well, I do like your idea of him being like, I'll deal with you later and yeah. then storm up and get her. Yeah. Um, or even just throw her a menacing look as he's running to and uh, up the aisle. Or hit, like, yes, or say like, I know what you did and then yep. walk past her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then go get his girl. Yeah. You know? Yep. There were yep. a hundred better options Yep, than for him to apologize to her. Mm-hmm. hmm So, yeah. Um, also, do you think now he's going to – because, okay, when Edda – telenovela style falls off of the boat <laughs> um <laughs> this is i'm not dissing telenovelas you guys i know there are some really great ones yeah this just this just to me didn't jive with this this was on par with like painting of edda reincarnated as a dead wife oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. kidnapping at the end of her um it was hyperbolic. It was, yes. didn't feel real no. or serious. No. It, it felt <laughs> like choke a choke. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyways, she falls off the boat. And also, someone, please, I think I said this last week, that necklace needs a new clasp because clearly it doesn't stay on. So it sh- it didn't fall in the ocean with her. Right, she thinks right. it did, though. She thinks yes, that it was still, still in her does. hands and that she – yeah. But Sarah Khan actually found it on deck and mm-hmm. pocketed it and yeah. heard her stressing to Denise, oh, my gosh, Denise, I lost my necklace. I lost my necklace. Mm-hmm. So Sarah Khan knows that that necklace still clearly means something to her. He's especially going to know that now that his memory is back. So do you think he's going to turn it back into a ring and propose to her with it? I would certainly hope so. He better not get a new meaningless ring. I agree because this would be EK all over again oh. with that stupid drone. And stupid I now freaking drone. I it can be drone. people can also argue that there's a lot of terrible things attached to that ring, and that it they should have a fresh start, therefore a fresh ring. I don't and and I under I do I get that perspective. I get it. It's not where I fall, though, because I'm just like, but that yeah. ring also holds everything they've been through together, mm-hmm. not just exactly. the bad. It holds all the it good. Holds the good and the bad. Yep. Yes. And when they end up happy together, when she looks at that ring, she's – I don't think she's going to look at it and think, oh, we went through so many horrible things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's going to look at it and think about the good things and the bad things and how they – have ended up on the good side of things at the end of it. She's right. not going to – when she thinks about those bad things, she's going to think of it as, well, we still got through it. Right. Well, yeah, because, you know, if you only have good memories, then none of your memories are good. They're – you know what I mean? Like, And you don't appreciate the, the good parts right. if there are never any bad parts to compare them to. Right. Exactly. So I think – that gives the ring more meaning because it's the embodiment of every aspect of their relationship from mm-hmm. pretty much the moment they met because, you know, I agree. she gets that ring like, what, a day after they make this agreement? Yeah. So, I mean, that ring has been around since the beginning of their, quote, fake relationship mm-hmm. and has been through hell and back with them. 
Yeah. Um, Because not every moment at the beginning was good either. No, no. And there were how many times did she give it back to him? You know, especially after episode eight where he was accusing her of all of that. And she spent that entire, excuse me, that entire episode to finally find the evidence to prove him wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then was like, goodbye. Like, yeah, the the fact that I had to bring this evidence to you tells me you don't know or trust me at all. So see ya. I don't want this. Um, and then the whole way of getting her to put it back on and him putting it back on her. Right. All of that, you know. So yeah. I'm like, no, no. That that ring is like the only consistent thing that has been with us since the beginning. Yeah, yeah they can't get rid of that thing. Please don't take it away from me. Please and hopefully they will do well enough to – like the fact that he has it right now mm-hmm. in his possession is already a good thing. Yes. So if he does get it turned back into the ring and then, again, he is the one to put it back on her, Uh that would be another beautiful moment, another way to tie in the past and this consistency that he has always been the one to put the ring on her. Yes. Yep. So I Um, really hope that they do that. I know. Me too. Um, Can – maybe – and maybe this also didn't maybe affect you as much for the same reasons the whole – uh, I see you melting when you look at me seemed mm-hmm. in it. But I loved the – it's like just a – you know, just like maybe two seconds. But when she reluctantly is trying on that wedding gown, mm-hmm. which by the way isn't even the wedding gown she wears the next day. Um, yeah. No, it's not. But I do – Again, with the good subs, I saw she kind of explained it where she's like, yeah, this one's more plain, which is funny because I actually like that one better. I thought that one Me was too. gorgeous I on her. better too. Um, but, you know, her whole thing is like, well, yeah, it's plain and sad like I am. Like, that's what – like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want something that, you know. Um, so but anyways. Elaborate gown. Yeah. So – but, you know, she's trying it on because the designer is like who I'm pretty sure I'm, – I'm almost positive the dress designer is their makeup artist on set. Like I'm, I mean, that would make sense. I really think it is. Um, anyways, so – but, you know, she's like, well, you're getting married in like a day or two. I need you to try this on. Mm-hmm. We need to know. You know, so she reluctantly goes up to Sarah Khan's empty office to try it on. Mm-hmm. And then she's like over it. She wants to be out of it. She's like depressed and upset. And so when she thinks it's Melo walking back in because God bless Melo for hiding around the corner and not stopping Sarah Khan from walking into his office mm-hmm. knowing what was on the other side of the door – he walks in and sees her, and mm-hmm. right in that moment, the way he, like, the air kind of leaves his lungs and his eyes, I was like, I just, he just embodied episode two, Sarah Khan, so well for me when he first walks in and sees her in the yellow dress. Um, And I was like, oh, like, it just gave my heart a little hiccup of, like, a tiny peek at old Sarah Khan. Um, and... Uh, or not old Sarkon, but you know what I mean by that. Sarkon actually being affected by Edda Sarkon. Yes. And how he just doesn't realize and can't help that he basically breathes out, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then, of course, that scene doesn't lead anywhere except for him clenching his heart with his hand, like, when he walks out. Because she's like, well, I just need to get out of this. I have work to do. And – if you want me out of your office, you need to help me because I can't unbutton this. So, you know, mm-hmm. we have this whole intense kind of moment where, you know, she – and the look on her face during that, that – oh, that got me because it was just like she could imagine just for a second that he – this man actually does remember who she is, like, you know, and that this is an intimate moment between them. 
And, um, you know, and she does even wind up, um, but, you know, she winds up kind of popping that bubble herself like, okay, well, you need to get out so I can finish changing and then I can get out of your office. And when he finally makes it out the door and he's barely on the side of his door and he like clutches his chest, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the kind of stuff where I was like, where was this stuff in episode 29? Where was this in episode 30? Like, why didn't we have more moments like this where like they'd have these interactions and then it wouldn't just be him like shaking his head like, oh, and then you know, but like actually getting to see him affected by it and for more than just a second and then he just goes running back to Celine and does something to further solidify their stupid relationship to hurt Edda. Like, I agree. And that moment, I did appreciate it mm-hmm. and it did feel like, oh, yes, he is clearly battling some mm-hmm. sort of feelings or response to Edda in general, even if it is just a physical response to how mm-hmm. beautiful she is, that's still something. Yeah. So I w- that's that was kind of my whole feeling watching mm-hmm. that scene. I was thinking, this, this mm-hmm. is what you could have been doing. This, this is time. a very simple thing. And it, it's clear that it's possible with post-amnesia Sercon. It's clear that it's possible with Mudbrain mm-hmm. Sercon. So why didn't we see this? Mm-hmm. Because I was more convinced in that one scene, in that one moment of him kind of unconsciously mm-hmm. realizing and saying that she's beautiful and showing that he's affected. That was like, okay, yes, you could see him melting in his eyes mm-hmm. when he looked at her in that one specific singular scene. Right. So if that had been the majority of the scenes we were getting with him and his reaction to her and him clearly battling something internally, that would be a completely different story yeah. as to these things and these situations and his feelings and him supposedly falling back in love with her being actually believable, mm-hmm. whereas the what we were given before really wasn't believable. Because like you said, more... More than not, his reaction was Choksachma and being right. stern and being angry about everything mm-hmm. and I can't believe this. There's no way. Ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The brain retains stupid things. It's mm-hmm. It was just a very almost aggressive reaction mm-hmm. to those things, whereas it wasn't – He could they could have just made him confused. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They could have just made him curious Mm -hmm. or he would start it off being very confused Mm -hmm. and very vulnerable. And if they had continued with that, that's still fine. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be like, ah, what's wrong with Sarkhan? Because he's confused (laughs) because he has amnesia. Right. So that, that scene I did. I did really like – I loved mm-hmm. the whole forced proximity of him having to unbutton her yeah. for, for both of them and the implications and the, the tension that you have in the room mm-hmm. because of their chemistry. So that, yes, I was like, this is beautiful and this is what I would have loved to see. Yeah. Well, yeah, like that and, again, the other scene I never shut up about, that whole cafe thing. Like, yeah. Gosh, yep. like – 
Where were more scenes like that sprinkled throughout these last seven weeks? That would have been genuinely showing us that he's falling back in love with her, that he has this invisible string, that these invisible handcuffs that are tying Mm -hmm. him to her that he can't explain. Like, And again, he wasn't feeling – he wasn't acting aggressive about it Mm -hmm. or angry or upset or negative. He was just confused. He was just feeling what he felt. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I know, I know it. Yeah. So anyways, and it's one of those things where it's like, so yes, I appreciate those scenes, but then also it's like, but that's proof that there could have been more of these, that these scenes are capable of being written and implemented. Yep. And they weren't. Yeah. Um, So the, one of the other things um, before maybe we can dig into uh, the end and the fragment and stuff um, is um uh Angan and Peril. I actually really loved how he basically was like, Yeah, uh, pregnancy or not, like I can't believe you thought this of me because yes. of a random text from a num from an unknown number. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what I was doing. And then, you know, she realizes like, oh yeah, I completely overreacted. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I love that Melo, when she hears him on the phone with that woman, like, what the heck were you thinking sending that to my wife? I was being polite, like I was, yeah. you know, and we were having coffee and grabs the phone and yells at her <laughs> and grabs the phone and yells at her. But here's the other thing I said, because after he get after she gets off and she's like, sorry, I just couldn't help myself. Like, what a horrible, yeah. horrible woman. And Angan's like, that's it. I'm just going to start being cold and aloof because people clearly mistake my niceness for flirting right. and this and that. And I said, oh, Angan Bay, <laughs> welcome to the life of every female on this planet. Only yeah. when you decide to be cold and aloof as a man, you won't be called frigid or a bitch. Or be told to or- smile. Exactly. <laughs> you should smile more. Mm-hmm. What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Why don't you smile? <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, that must be nice to be able to declare that and you won't be considered anything. But when a woman is like, I'm going to be just cold and aloof because every time I'm nice, you know, it's mistaken for flirting, then yep. you're you're just – you're unkind. You're cold. You're um, – That's why un- You're nice. unapproachable. You're this. You're that. <laughs> so anyways. Um, and then yeah. what was the other thing? Oh, I did love – it made me – I was just kind of like, oh, I love – Maybe I just am really starving for symbolism and metaphors. But during that whole high scene when they make those sandwiches because they both wind up being hungry and starving and they make all those sandwiches, they have that song, which actually if you look up the lyrics to that song, it sounds very upbeat and it's fun for that scene because they're just stumbling around trying to put together, you know, a sandwich to eat. Mm -hmm. But the lyrics are so fitting because it basically is like saying, I tried and it didn't work. You didn't mm. care that I tried. Whatever I did was not enough for you. Hmm. I cried and you're not sorry. Whatever I do, you don't love me as much as I love you. While you doubt our love, I believe in happily ever after. While you doubt our love, while you never think, I keep trying to find a remedy hmm. to overcome our problems. Um, I told you, you didn't listen. Like, it, it just kind of repeats a lot of that. But I was like, oh, my gosh, these lyrics are so fitting for, like, what they're going through. Yeah. But then also that song sounds – if you don't know the lyrics, it sounds really upbeat and funny and you'd never think <laughs> yeah. that. But um, anyway, so I wanted to point that out. They're making the sandwiches. They are then eating them and enjoying them. Mm-hmm. And because they're high and being goofy, you know, it's, it's called a love sandwich. And 
um, Sarah Khan's like, why don't they have love sandwiches? And she's like, well, I'll make you a love sandwich whenever you want. And he's like, but they'll be for Denise and he'll be uh-huh. the one eating your sandwiches. And I – it just – I loved it. It made me laugh. But also like, oh. But then I was like, am I just this hungry for like <laughs> symbolism and metaphors that that really affected me? Because they clearly weren't talking about sandwiches. But they like <laughs> – Maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're reaching Kristen. <laughs> I'm I, so the opposite. I, I was not it. expecting anything from this episode. <laughs> I was, my expectations were so low. <laughs> so oh I was gosh. pleasantly surprised at a lot of it. <laughs> um, and then what else? What was another thing I really wanted to touch on? Oh, like again, though, this, I feel like this would have been more of a pivotal scene had we seen a lot more of the show than tell. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Idon finally, the day of the wedding, has her come to Jesus talk with Serkan that she needed to have seven episodes ago. Um, But, you know, because she's basically like, you're just going to sit here and let her get married. You are in love with her. Do you not – or do you think you're not in love with her? Mm. Do you not understand, like, what she's done for our family? And and I'm like, no, he doesn't understand because no, this is doesn't. really the first you're telling him of it because you've been so wrapped up in yourself. Yep. Um, yeah, it's not like you've been helping him, I done. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't blame him for questioning, like, well, if she was really this amazing and if she was really this wonderful for our family – then why did you let me stay away from her for two months? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you fi- you were fine with the fact that she didn't know about me being alive for two months. How could she be this important? Like, you know, that that's what would be going through my head. But, you know, she has this whole come to Jesus talk with him telling him, like, you're going to regret this. Like, you're just going to stand here and let her get married even though you're tr- – fine, sit here and convince yourself you're not in love with her. But – you know, it's going to be too late and you're going to have regrets and like all this stuff. She's just trying to get him to like do something. But, you know, he doesn't. He, yeah. That's when he goes to the bar instead and decides to drink and have Ingen meet him there. Yeah. You know, so I was like, okay, nice, nice that you had your come to Jesus talk, but it's a little bit late. It's a little late. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and we kind of talked about, because, you know, we talked a lot about, a lot about the end at the beginning. So we talked you know, we all we all know what happens here. Um and yeah. Did you like, notice that the that the what is it called? Not the registrar. Whoever did their wedding. Yeah, the I don't the, remember the, the, the wedding registrar lady. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her, she was dubbed. Did you notice that? No. Yeah. It's that it's so funny, funny because I I could tell just because of the way it sounded, mm-hmm. it sounded like a studio recording. Uh-huh. And then when they showed her, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really – maybe I'm just crazy in noticing. I doubt it. It's it's not like they show her a lot and it's not mm-hmm. like they have, she has that many lines. No. But her her mouth was clearly not perfectly synced with, with the audio. The audio. And that. I was thinking, I wonder why they did that. But Yeah, she's such they- a – but she's such a tiny part. Really, does it matter if she has an accent or doesn't quite sound how you wanted her to? Well, I'm wondering if her audio maybe was too quiet or maybe it got corrupted oh, or something. and they just needed someone they had to, to yeah, quick fix. Or, or if they said, hey, we need you in the studio to do your lines over because your audio is too messed up in this scene. But that was just interesting to me. I was like, oh, she's dubbed. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just, I don't realize how common it is. But when we first started talking about it with the Prince guy, people were like, yeah, that happens a lot. And I'm just like, that's so interesting to me. Like, it seems like it's more work, but you know. Right, right. Especially for the tight schedules they keep. Um, Yeah. So anyways, the whole bar thing happens. The stupid flood of memories comes back. Right, right. um, In the most meaningless way possible. And, um, you know, uh, all that. We already know where Mm -hmm. that all went. Um, You know, it leads to him walking up to Celine's table and apologizing to her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know (laughs) if there's anything that we didn't cover with that scene already. Mm -hmm. I feel like we pretty thoroughly did that at the beginning. Yeah, because we so, had a lot of feelings about it. So, yeah. you know, he walks up to her. I remember everything. I love you so much. Mm-hmm. He, I, I also love that he storms in there. And, uh, and not only does, again, he have time to stop and apologize to Celine. He has time to take his coat off and try to, like, smooth his hair as if, like, that's going to fix anything. I I don't know why that just made me laugh. It made me laugh in the fragment because I was like, wait, he has his coat on in this scene, but then he doesn't in that scene. So he actually had the time to, like, shed his jacket. But anyway. Yeah, I guess it wasn't that urgent. Right? But, you know, (laughs) I remember everything. I love you so much. Please don't marry him. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and she, of course, is like, I didn't. This isn't a real wedding. This was all a game. You know, mm-hmm. to get you to remember and all that. And then, you know, they share this hug. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. They're back together. And then, of course, our dubbed registrar is like, I'm sorry, there must be a mistake because mm-hmm. I'm a real registrar and this is a real <laughs> wedding and you're real really wedding. married. <laughs> and then she's like, what? And then, you know, the episode ends. So yeah. Denise is a psycho Um, because really, again, what? Like, what did you think this would do? She's just going to be like, well, we're real life married. Let's just stay that way. Sorry, Sarah Khan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry that I've been working for tirelessly for months not only to find you, but then to actually yeah. get you back. But I'm just going to go ahead and stay married to my friend here since, you know, it's already a legit marriage. Yeah. Um. So then <laughs> let me tell you about the fragment, Ashley. Basically, this whole voiceover I mean, of the fragment I already know. is <laughs> – implying that the question of Celine being pregnant. Now, yeah. I think it is I mean, who knows? Nothing is safe lately with the plot and writing, but yeah. So, watch me eat my words, but I think it's safe to assume she's not actually pregnant. Like that's not and that's not what bothers me. I mean, it does. But what bothers the me implication. is even the implication that this is a believable possibility yeah. because then it implies that they slept together. It implies all this stuff that's like, no, no, you're tarnishing because this is this is this is fictional. Okay, mm-hmm. I know in real life, it's <laughs> you don't always just meet the your soulmate and that's the only person you've ever been with ever in your life. Like I know that's not real life. Yeah. But, th- but we're watching a, a, a fantasy romance. Like okay, right. so we want to, we want to see this like pure soulmate connection that's like no because even though he didn't remember her there was something that kept him from fully committing and fully being with this woman even mm-hmm. though he couldn't name it you know like so I'm like no the the only way this will be and I'm, I don't even want to say the word okay because I hate that it's even if it's just a trick in the fragment even if it, it winds up being a tiny blip in the episode where mm-hmm. you know it because the fragment ends with her being like, are you really pregnant? And Celine's like, who told you that? And she's like, it doesn't matter. Are you? Sarkon has a right to know, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the fragment ends. So we don't get the answer there. Now, so even if it's a tiny thing in the episode where mm-hmm. when that scene actually happens, she's like, no, psycho, I'm not pregnant. Like, and that's just it. The fact that it's being used at all in the tiniest way or not is so insulting. Mm-hmm. It is so – it just continues to, like, solely the, like, sanctity of the Ed Sarah love and connection. The fa- I mean, I hate the fact that even if it gets annulled, like, Edda now got married before she got to marry Sarah Khan. Like, Sarah Khan's going to be her second marriage, which, again, I this is nothing against people who have second or third marriages – Right. I'm not speaking from a true realistic perspective. I'm thinking no. from uh, someone who loves reading from romance. An ideal love story picture. Yes. And yes. It's it's you don't Yeah. I just want to make it clear. I'm not trying to yeah, I'm not saying like, you know, oh, if you're on your second or third marriage, it's not no, that's absolutely no. not what I'm saying. I'm saying And it doesn't this, affect the character of the characters. No. It doesn't affect our ideal of them in any way it's there it's just a poor storytelling choice yes for what this world is for what that fictional world is yes so yeah so it's like she her technically it's going to be her second marriage when she get when she and sarah finally get to get married married right and the fact that sarah was with someone else when really he had already met and fallen in love with Edda. Like, mm-hmm. it's just one where it's like. <sighs> it's the whole, the main characters being with other people. That's the right. main crux of it. Yes. Because you know that if it were Edda's choice, she would not have been married to Denise. Mm-mm. So now it's this whole, that's the, the big deal of it. Not yep. even that, oh, this is her second marriage now. No, if she had been married before and it didn't work out or she was a widow or whatever, yes. that would be just as um, interesting or valid of a character history um, for Edda as her just being a single girl and never right. having been married before. Yes. But this is something that was out of her control. This mm-hmm. is something that she didn't do by choice, which is why it makes it bad and why it sullies the whole plot line right. anyway. Yes. And I think especially with Celine, to me, that's just a really horrible implication mm-hmm. as far as Celine, we already know what a horrible snake she is. And this makes her even worse as mm-hmm. an abuser. Yes. Because she never should have done that when she knew that mentally he was not all there. Mm-hmm. So the the implication of her doing that and her taking him to bed when he probably should not have been, mm-hmm. it, that's a whole level of intimacy right there right. that maybe he didn't understand stand and wasn't ready for in his state of mind right after having been in such a horrible traumatic Traumatic. accident Mm -hmm. yep accident and then going through this mental trauma that just reeks of abuse Mm -hmm. and that's my main issue with the implication of it and i feel like that's just a gross thing to do Mm -hmm. and because again you know if they were really and truly together, mm-hmm. that's a whole different situation. Right. But that wasn't what their well, relationship yeah, was. we're not faulting – I mean, because, you know, uh, they were together for three – over three years before the yeah. show started. So, I mean, are we really to believe – I think they, they lived together. Like, they, you know, like it's – 
they went on, or at least they went on trips together. She never did live with him. He never let her in the house. That was one of the, her main issues oh, in episode right. four was like, oh, there was never room for me, but here right, there's right. room for Ada. However, none of us think that they didn't have sex. Like, no, let's be real. give me a break. So, yeah. But we're not holding that against him. Yeah, like, that was a real relationship mm-hmm. where he, they were both consenting adults and he was uh, in his right mind. Right. <laughs> that is the whole issue with uh-huh. this. So it's like that. <laughs> Just what it implies by even making it a, quote, trick or whatever, like, right. is horrible mm-hmm. and yeah. lazy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, it's it is la- lazy. Well, I'm not sorry. It's lazy. It is lazy. It's just such a cheap, yep, like, dramatic – you know, basically, it's – there's good angst, which we've seen plenty of that in the early episodes. Sure. So we know what good angst is. This is just melodrama for the sake of melodrama. Yep. It is. And it cheapens the journey because, you know, good angst enriches the overall story. This doesn't enrich anything. Yeah. It's – I think that's a really great way to look at it. It's like good angst is more meaty, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Mm -hmm. It's worthwhile Mm -hmm. and there's a reason behind it. But this is just – shallow yeah and it doesn't enrich the storyline it mm-hmm. doesn't in it doesn't help any of the characters either no nope. it really only brings bad implications of all of the characters involved mm-hmm. so for them to just use this like you said it's melodrama for melodrama's sake that is a great way to put it because there isn't any real reason for them to do this nope. other than to keep trailing the mm-hmm. Celine situation on to yeah. keep her involved to keep Ed Dunsir to keep apart. drama. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. There, it's just shallow, meaningless drama. That's yep. all that it is. Yep. That's all that it is. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know. This would be again one of the few times I'd be like, hey. If, if there was ever a scene that you want to give us in a fragment that doesn't actually wind up happening in the yeah. episode or this a whole storyline, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, because like I said, that I was shocked because like I said, I have like mm-hmm. a whole thread about why at first I was like, I have smoke coming out of my ears. I'm not commenting. And then like 15 minutes later, I was like, I'm eating my words. I have things to say. And I like had a whole thread about and it, you know, basically was like, be saying kind of what we just said right here about why yeah. we hate it so much. And, you know, I almost turned replies off because I was like, honestly, if there's people who love this, I'm happy for you because yeah. there's nothing better than being like, ooh, this is the kind of drama I love and looking right. forward to watching it. So cool. But I was like, I don't really feel like being, quote, corrected on how I feel about this. You know, like, yeah. if you love it, I'm not going to go, co- quote, correct you about why mm-hmm. you should be mad about it. Um, But I left my – I left everything on. I was shocked. Even some of the people that I would not expect Mm -hmm. to be like, yes, I agree, were Mm -hmm. like, yes, I agree. Like, I am normally positive. I am this. I am that. But this, this, like, took it out of me. Like, I, this, you know, and it really depressed and, like, surprised me that I was like, they broke all of us, even the ones who have been, like, holding on and been like, let me find every ounce of good and and great and let me put a positive spin on everything that, you know, the majority of people hated to try to give you, like, some light at the end of the tunnel. Like, even those people were like, 
yeah, I can't argue with this. I don't know what yeah. to say. Like, yeah. and it was like, what are you guys doing to us? <laughs> like, well, and just- it's just so weird to me because you could really spend this whole next episode. It really could have just been Ed Sarah reconnecting and yes. dealing with the marriage thing. Mm-hmm. And you there is so much story to tell. Yes. Who cares if the plot is not moving forward? Just the two of them and figuring out how they're gonna move forward and really digging deep with each other and mm-hmm. getting over this trauma together and yes. talking and figuring out how they're gonna move past this, mm-hmm. explaining how they've been hurt, reconnecting. I think I already said that, but mm-hmm. that really could take up an entire episode well, very yeah. easily. Because very it, easily. Especially Sarah Khan, now remembering everything, it would stand to reason that he's like, oh my gosh, what must she have gone through during those two months? And then him being like, please tell me I need to know. Like, yeah. I need to know what how you got through this before I got back. And then how you continued to get through it when I was being horrible to you because I didn't know any better. Like, yep. And, like, that can lead to some real painful but important right. conversation and communication between them. Yep. And that's the kind of stuff we – that's the angst we want to see. Like, yes. That – and that is purposeful and that is going to and enrich their story and their connection. Yes. And, yeah, it, there's <laughs> – there are just a million better options mm-hmm. than doing a freaking – pregnancy trope. now yep and i mean you know i have a feeling denise planted that idea in edda's head mm. because when she does confront celine in the fragment celine's kind of like the way she's like what who told you that seems kind of like if someone like walked up confused. to me right yeah like if someone walked up to me right now and was like are you pregnant and i would have been like what are you talking about? Why would you even ask me that? Like, right. you know? Yeah. Um, Because, like, I, I'm i not and I haven't told anyone that I am. So, like, why why are you walking up and asking me this? That's right. how it kind of came across. So yeah. – and obviously we see Denise has no lines he won't cross. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if this was, like, his brainchild. Right. Him trying to keep Edda close to him mm-hmm. and to say, well, Celine's pregnant anyway – so right. you should just stay with me. We can make right. this work. We can't break up a family, blah, right. blah, blah. Like, right. Yeah. Trying and to then, manipulate her. Right. But then yeah. hopefully Edda confronting her, what I hope is, is not her just being like, well, let me quietly bow out because I'm like, I don't buy that. She finally got him back. She's not just going to be like, I don't want to separate a family. So I'm just going to bow out without saying anything or a reason why and then leave Sarkon confused. So I'm like, I hope she confronts yeah. her and – then if she maybe gives her an ultimatum like, you've got this long to tell Sarkon or I am. Yeah. And then – because, you know, assuming Celine goes along with it and pretends, you know, or just like doesn't give her a real answer. Like that's none mm-hmm. of your business kind of a thing. And then hopefully if Edda does say like, okay, well, I was hoping she'd tell you this herself. But – and then if Sarkon goes – uh, that's impossible mm-hmm. because we never t- – I we never slept together, like, yeah. at all. You know what I mean? And it's just all squashed and dealt with very quickly within a few scenes. Like, this yeah. would be a good time to take a cue from the kidnapping scene. Yeah. From the from, from the, the falling into the – Oh, shit. Yeah. This would be the cue to take with that storyline as well since we don't really have a choice in it being in there now. <laughs> like, right. So. Yeah. 
anyways, that's that's me. So uh yeah. I think that's everything. I really feel like we covered it all, even though we just jumped around. I really think we hit everything. Um, yeah, I think we so. did. I, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, there's nothing else that I'm interested in talking about <laughs> with that episode. If I'm honest, it's purged, <laughs> never to be watched again. Yeah. Um, because the nice thing is him confessing to her, it'll play out again in 36. So mm-hmm. you, we really don't need to watch 35 for anything. Yeah. <laughs> ever again. Yep. Or 34 or 33 or 32 or 31. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. So um, I think that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. Neither – we won't be able to watch live this Saturday. Yeah. Neither um, of us. Nope. Ashley and I both have somewhere to be. So uh, we'll miss you guys again with that. But um, I kind of have been enjoying like watching it later with subs mm-hmm. and then just like kind of – going from there and it helps like i said because then like when i watched yesterday it was kind of nice because i could kind of fast forward through some other stuff because i'd kind of already watched it yeah so yeah so we'll miss you guys on saturday but um i'm sure the timeline will keep us informed on (laughs) yeah how everything plays out and how well it does or doesn't go um but yeah so Reminder, Marashla merch. I'll have that linked if you're a Marashla watcher. Of course, mm-hmm. we still have all of our other merch. We've got our Central Kapama merch. Um, by Yonlish. By Yonlish. EK. We have just some of our, you know, Talk DZ. That's just more for the podcast than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, check out our merch store. I'll link all that stuff in the episode notes. And um, there were a few – I did add the songs from the – some songs from the last couple episodes that I was able to identify. Those did get added to the playlist. I kind of was a little behind on that, so I tried to add those over the last couple of days. Uh, so the, the Spotify playlist. And I feel like there was something else, but I didn't write it down. So, oh, well. If I remember, I'll just tweet it or something. But, uh, yeah, you guys know the drill. You know where to click and find us everywhere. And um, – yeah so we'll be back (laughs) we'll be back like we have been every week uh and see what we unpack with 36 so uh i think that's it for me all right you guys well we'll see you next time and until then recruiter shooters host to call